0: The blast from our past network. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, Invasion USA. Stars Chuck Norris, Richard Lynch, and Alexander Zayn. Go Get for into. it. Hit me with your best shot. <clears throat> Fire away.
1: <clears throat> Smoke, she is a riser. <laughs> That's some kind of improv bullshit. <clears throat> I don't know, dude. It works. <laughs> Welcome to another denim-clad episode of Podcasting <laughs> After Dark. <laughs> I think I gotta do that again, because I almost killed you, and that killed me while I was saying it.
2: Yeah, but uh, please say the same thing again.
1: <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another denim-clad episode of Podcasting After Dark. I'm Corey. <laughs>
2: And I'm Denim Zach. <laughs>
1: dude, dude, this week we are doing Invasion USA with Chuck motherfucking Norris. Chuck Norris, check and
0: see. He gives me a fever of 103. Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris.
1: Uh, oh, God. this. All right, so um, at the top. Before we even start anything, I'll just give you a little tale of the tape. This one is Zach's. Zach is uh, showrunning this movie, so that means I don't have any experience with Invasion USA. So this is my... First time viewing it, and I I maybe have seen it like in back in like nineteen ninety, like nineteen eighty six or something. uh, You know, around the time it came out. But my dad wasn't a huge like Chuck Norris dude, and uh, so kind of like you know I probably caught it at some point. But I want to say this is my first time watching it because truly, this is like my first time actually watching it. As Turtle
2: would say in North Shore, unreal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, unreal. That's that's a word. That's a word I would use to describe a lot of things in this movie. <laughs>
2: yeah. Good. I'm already appro- I'm already approving that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, Zach. So uh, tell us, buddy. What's give us a little backstory on you and, and Invasion USA?
0: Okay, so
2: Invasion USA came out in 1985. I was nine years old. Um, I had been living at that point. I moved to California in 1984, the summer of 84. Uh, and when invasion came out, I was, I had been in California for less than a year at that point. And I had a, bu- a new buddy in town, you know, I was starting third grade and it was, it was kind of awkward for me. And I had a new friend and he's like, let's go see, let's go to the movie. So we went to Meridian Quad in San Jose and uh, my mom gave me money and said, you're going to go see summer rental. I don't want you seeing Invasion USA with Chuck Norris because it's way too violent. Your mom said that she was.
1: I thought she was. Well, it was kind of young though, right? I was
2: nine. Yeah, that's that's pretty
1: young. Your mom's cool, but you know,
2: (laughs) she's cool. She's more cool with science fiction and horror, uh, but anything that portrays uh, gun violence, she's totally against. She was like, yeah, she she let when she finally allowed me when she finally started buying GI Joes for me when I was about seven or eight years old. She said, "Okay, we're going to go to the to Kmart, and you can pick out your you can pick out three GI Joes." And I picked out the firefighter because my dad was a firefighter, the sailor shipwreck because my dad was a seal, uh, and a sailor, and um, spirit the Native American. So I had like the village because GI your dad Joes. was an Indian. <laughs> yeah, because my because Chuck Norris's dad is an Indian, so uh, or his mom is Native American, if you will. Yeah, uh,
1: I, we just totally dated ourselves by rolling with the Indian thing. I, I never mean any disrespect <laughs> to that, but that's the term I grew up with, and it's kind of hard to sometimes shift away from it, you know? Yeah,
2: dude. Yeah, and look, look, I have friends that are Native, uh, Indigenous people, and they'll call each other Indians too. And and, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be smirch or disparage anybody in any way, shape, or form. But I'm just saying that that happens, anyways. I got those village people of GI Joe's and my mom's like, oh, they're not that violent. Uh, Flash forward a few years later, I don't want you seeing Invasion USA. It is like senseless violence. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I'm not going to. And then my buddy and I are like, so we're going to
1: go. In her defense, it is senseless violence. (laughs) Oh, it is.
2: It is. Oh, yeah. And and so I was supposed to see John Candy's Summer Rental. Great movie. uh, But my buddy's like, let's go see Invasion USA. And I go, well, how do we do that? Because- because we already give tickets to... And he goes, we just sneak in. And I'm like, really? So we snuck in to go see Chuck Norris's Invasion USA. And it changed my life. <laughs> uh, it actually was the first... I thought I was eight when I read his autobiography, cover to cover. But I think I was about nine, maybe ten. And the first book I ever read, cover to cover, was his autobiography. I was inspired by his story. He's got a great... um you know, success story and how he became who he became. Who he is now as a person, I don't care to really discuss because I don't even consider who he is now the Chuck Norris I loved as a kid. The right. Chuck I loved as a kid was just this guy who had like these these great values. Uh, he was super into promoting positive stuff for kids, but he was also into promoting kicking bad guys asses. And that's yeah. all this movie is, is him kicking bad guys asses, guys who deserve to get their asses kicked and shot. And yeah, so it's, that's it's what I
1: almost love. like he's like the extension of America. He can just magically appear wherever needed and kick ass in this movie. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I digress. We'll get to that when we get to that now. I know that you're a huge Chuck Norris fan. That's I've mm. always known that. Yeah, I did not know that this was the movie that got you started on Chuck Norris, or is yeah. this the first one you saw in the theater?
2: This was the first one that I saw in the theater. It my, I think my dad might have shown me Lone Wolf McQuaid back in the day because, honestly, that film is fairly tame compared to this one. That right. one came out in 83, and it might have been on DHS back in the day.
1: Um, but Invasion USA made the most Chuck Norris impact on you.
2: Yeah, my, yeah Invasion USA was the movie where I was like, whoa because i saw it independently it wasn't like my dad sat me down and said check this out it was more just like i'm seeing this on my own my buddy at the time i don't even remember his name now uh which is a shame but uh we were so hooked on it and you know the cartoon hadn't even come out yet chuck was he was still like considered an adult household name not necessarily a kid household name right i think at that point and but that this movie blew it up for me. I've seen every single one of his movies multiple times up until Sidekicks, when I think his career kind of jumped the shark with Jonathan Brandis. Like, I do like that movie, but at that point, he had started doing Walker, Texas Ranger. And I just felt for me, it was like, okay, he's hit the Angela Lansbury route, where I'm not a big fan of his later work.
1: But this— so- so you're saying that you're not a big Walker Texas Ranger fan?
2: I'm not actually. I'm not. A, I don't like Walker, Walker Texas Ranger that much. I think it's. I was not a fan. I still am not. Uh, I think his last movie for me that I saw in the theater where I was like, Meh, okay, I'm over this now." Was Delta Force Part Two? Okay, uh, which starred Billy Drago as the lead villain, oh. and and I was like, "Yeah, but he killed." He died in Invasion USA really quick. Nah, I don't. I'm not into this. Okay. And Chuck, at that point, I think he was starting to hit take a toll where it was like, you know, Die Hard had come out. Lethal Weapon had come out. A new breed of action hero had come out. Yeah. We're, we were on the cusp of, like, uh, Nick Cage eventually being in The Rock. So it was, like, actors. Uh, it's funny. I just had this, this discussion with an Uber driver the other day who's a big action guy. Uh, and he, he he and I were talking about how quality over quantity kind of took over like they took these once stunt coordinating took a whole new level where these guys were training really good actors like matt damon and nick cage and uh you know mel gibson and uh bruce willis like they there was like okay we don't need steven seagal and john john claude van damme we don't need chuck anymore we've got guys who can act now and carry the movie on their own
1: Right, and they can still do the action stuff because, let's be real, a lot of times in these movies... The action isn't all that elaborate. It's it's Chuck and and whomever else the action is around just kind of kicking and punching guys like yeah. the 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 all the goon jobbers that that you see in this movie like they're they're dispatched so easily. And I think <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid, the reason I didn't dig on like kung fu movies and you know this is like that weird line between kung fu and and action movies. You know Chuck Norris yeah. always kind of has one foot in both of those worlds, but. I just I never dug on on Chuck Norris's style of action, which is just like roundhouse kicking one dude, and that's it. And yeah. so I kind of was like, oh, is is this what karate movies are like? And to be completely truthful with you, this is going to be sad. But like my biggest introduction to like good and and I want to use quotation marks, good kung fu or more elaborate kung fu was the Mortal Kombat movie in, like, 95, 94, whatever that year it came out. And that was, like, the first time I had seen an action movie that used karate or kung fu, but where characters blocked punches and, like, two characters would fight each other for more than 30 seconds. And, yeah. and I think it's because when I was younger, I saw like, like I said, I, I don't remember when I saw Invasion USA, but I've seen pieces of this. I, I recognize some of it, you know, and it's just like, I, and I'm like, okay, I've seen other Chuck Norris stuff and yeah, I, it's fun now. I get it now. But at the time I was like, this can't be all there is, you know, like, no, just...
2: it, and it, there, it wasn't that way. Like I think this was one of the first movies where the guns took over the, the kicking and the punching because yeah, this he's
1: more in the, uh, the, the action aspect of this movie than he is in the, in the Kung Fu aspect. So I would imagine that like, you know, doing an elaborate fight scene isn't on the agenda. It's more of like the, the body count, you know, but some of the other, like, like action movies, it's still sort of the same thing. He just does a roundhouse kick and the guy goes flying, you know?
2: Yeah. Like his earlier stuff, the Octagon and, um, uh, you know, um, Good guys. Good guys wear black. And Breaker Breaker. He was doing more of his martial arts in those movies back in the day. And the, he is a legit uh, world champion black belt. Yeah. Martial artist. Like the guy. No joke. Uh, I did an interview with uh, this actor Richard Norton, who you'll fondly love from the movie Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Uh, and and he he's good friends with Chuck. He's known Chuck since he was since they were in their early twenties. Uh, and he helped Chuck helped get his start in Hollywood. And he was saying how Chuck was like, you know, on the forefront of American martial art movies. This, this was before American Ninja. This was before a lot of the more, you know, return of the Ninja <laughs> and shit like that Uh before JCVD hit the scene. So he really kind of was on the cusp of like bringing in this new kind of tough guy uh, persona. And I feel like invasion USA was the first foray into like balls to the wall, uh, senseless violence, <laughs> but in a comical way. Like the one-liners that go on in this movie. Uh, I mean, I laughed my ass off the second time I watched this, and it, when it when it when the credits rolled, I clapped out loud. Like, I, and I went, "Yeah!" <laughs> like, I haven't done that no. in years.
1: <laughs> no, 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 because
2: yeah, I, I I thoroughly enjoy just like. The ridiculousness of this movie because this is a really ridiculous movie.
1: It is, dude. All right. I, I mean, I I will do my best uh, to maintain <laughs> my composure, but this movie was ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was so ridiculous. But I will give it this right at the top. I had fun with it. Um, I, um This is not this is definitely not going to be a shit fest for sure, but I've got some issues with it. Well, um, you,
2: I mean, to say that you have issues with it would be like saying that, you know, looking outside with really dark clouds saying, I think it might rain today. Like, of course there's going to (laughs) be, it's a Canon movie. I mean, I I could start out the right off the bat. It's a Canon film. So, uh, if you haven't seen electric, uh, Boogaloo, the Canon documentary, you should definitely check it out. Uh, if you don't find it for free on YouTube, you can probably, or Amazon, you can buy it for under $10
1: I wow. uh, I posted the trailer for it on our Reddit, on our subreddit, okay. um, r slash podcasting after dark, and I, th- I literally just saw someone on Instagram or Facebook uh, take a picture, and because and, I think it's because I, I follow the tag, uh, Canon Films, yeah. and um, <laughs> they found it at a dollar store on DVD for a dollar, so guys <laughs> awesome, dude. and gals, go check the dollar store for, for Electric Boogaloo, because that documentary is fan fucking fantastic it is so much fun the the story of canon films is much like invasion usa it's 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 crazy it's balls to the wall and no fucks were given at all
2: no you you really and and uh to plug the dvd it's got extra stuff that is actually not on the 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 doc the doc itself so it's worth picking up for the supplemental material as well and you know chuck did um at least five or six canon movies. You know, we're talking uh, Missing in Action, Invasion USA, Delta the, Force. The Delta, For- Delta Force is probably his most mainstream, well-liked action movie that he's done, and that is is zero, almost zero martial arts. It's almost just him sitting on a bike. He's not even in the whole movie. He's like yeah. in it for maybe twenty
1: minutes. He See, does like I the was, cameo. I was more of a of a Navy SEALs kid. Uh remember with Bill Paxton and, oh, yeah. and everybody?
2: Well, I mean, and, and it's got your boy, um, Michael Bean and Charlie Sheen.
1: Yeah, buddy. No yeah, pun buddy. In, No 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 no
2: intention to rhyme, but you know, we're short <laughs> on time, so <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no, Navy SEALs is dope. Delta Force uh is exploitation. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and Canon is Canon's a low budget uh company. So they were like they'd skimp on something. What this movie skimped on was uh, you know, character development.
1: Oh, Yes. Uh character development and showing how Chuck Norris <laughs> got around and, and knew knew where everybody was. Oh, it, were, uh, <laughs> that was my big anyways, we I have every other word, uh, every other note on this movie is how did Chuck know where to go? Well, that's, but see,
2: that's the joke. That's what's so funny about this, because every time you'll say something like that, if only Chuck Norris would know that. that exactly. Answer, you know, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, insert all of your favorite Chuck Norris jokes into this movie because they all apply.
1: <laughs> I know. And it's it's. I mean, speaking of like watching this movie yeah. for, you know, technically for the first time as a 41 year old in 2019 with the whole what 15 years of Chuck Norris j- jokes and memes behind yeah. me. It's it's very hard to watch this movie with any kind of a straight face, but <laughs> but I did and I and I you know, pat myself on the back. I made it through it. And uh and and you know what? I'm better for it on the other end. So, uh <laughs> let's why don't we jump in? Um are we gotta do the breakdown of the characters yes. or yes. the actors I should say. There's a there's a few noteworthy ones in there, but not oh. as not as many uh as, as we're used to. Um obviously we don't have to discuss Chuck Norris because we all know Chuck Norris.
2: Well, you know, Chuck Chuck Norris plays Matt Hunter in the
1: he movie. Plays Matt um, Hunter.
2: And and just for like technical specs, this this movie clocks in at almost two hours long. And so when I told Corey that you're in for 110 minutes of action, he's like, wait, it's that, it's that long. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, and, and there's, and there's still so many questions about story and plot holes. So well, yeah, it's amazing. It's we'll amazing. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. Um, so yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, Mikhail Rostov, the villain is played by Richard Lynch. Yes.
2: Yeah, so, Richard Lynch, for those of you that don't know. Uh, oh, so Chuck Norris, by the way, plays Matt Hunter. I love that name, Matt Hunter. I think it's a badass name. Uh, yeah, Richard Lynch uh, might be known for horror fans for a um, fairly decent horror film called Bad Dreams that came out back in the 80s. Uh, he was in a movie called, and I'm actually just, that's I'm just rattling this off off the top of my head. God Told Me To which is a Larry Cohen movie who did, he directed the stuff. Um, And Richard Lynch has been in a myriad of things, but the reason I bring up God told me to is because he was burned on set on that movie. Uh, And it left him with these horrible scars on his face and his neck. And they are in full Blu-ray high def display in this movie. Unfortunately, I'm not, making fun of the guy at all. I think it's horrible what happened to him. He's, he's, he died a few years ago. Uh, but yeah, Richard Lynch is a, is a phenomenal villain and I think those scars added to his villainous
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Thank you for clarifying it, because my first note is HD is not kind to Richard Lynch. Yeah. And I I assume that, you know, I didn't know if he was burned when he was younger. Then I was like, man, he must be a great actor to kind of break through, uh, you know, into the acting world with that (laughs) level of scars. Because you could see it on his forearms and everything. He must have, his whole body must have been just engulfed in flames. Yeah, Uh, it was. that's that's crazy. They, I I feel yeah. bad for the dude. I I really do.
2: They kept it in the movie. Um, it's a oh it's my a, god. Really? Yeah the, yeah. The scene is the the scene is still in the movie. Um, it's worth checking out if you're a fan of Larry Cohen or exploitation type movies. Uh, I think Andy Kaufman is in it. Has a small appearance. Uh, okay. It's this weird kind of cultish um, you know brainwashing movie. Huh and uh and Richard Lynch is like the lead villain it's very surreal um dreamlike and it's decent. It's worth picking up, at least watching once. Uh, but, yeah, he's great in it. And just so creepy looking. Um, I mean, he's done a lot of mainstream shit, too. Yeah, no, uh, he, he
1: looks familiar. And, you know, I'm scrolling through his IMDb, and, you know, he's been in a ton of genre stuff. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of stuff that I've seen, like, he's just as recent as uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, he was in yeah. that. Uh, but, like, you know, I was like, I couldn't kind of picture him in that movie. But, yeah, he, I totally recognize him. He always, in my head, plays a villain maybe it's because of this uh you know maybe it's kind of seared into my my young brain or something but (laughs) yeah yeah, i was i was definitely it was a little it was a little off-putting at first i was i was like whoa that's that's crazy like you know i mean especially since the first time you see him the camera is looking up at him and like and and like i said like you said in blu-ray hd it's it's pretty harsh so i was like yeah. wow but maybe they were just getting it out of the way it's like look fuck it here you go this is it and you know i was like i was like man that sucks for the actor but i was like yeah it does make for a good good looking villain you know
2: yeah i actually i met him at a fangoria convention weekend of horrors and to promote our our uh our our Interview series that we do on Patreon. We did the interview with Tony Timpone, uh, and who's the ori- former editor of Fangoria magazine and just an icon of horror history. Um, and we talked a little bit about the Fangoria weekend of horrors. And if you haven't subscribed to that Patreon, you should because it's worth checking out. Trust me, just for that interview alone. Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: Um, and I'm saying that because I wasn't there. I've only listened to it. <laughs> Zach, Zach interviewed Tony.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, Tony, like, so great. And, uh, and he had so many great stories, but one of the, one of the moments I had at Weekend of Horrors was meeting uh, Richard Lynch, who was there promoting, I forget exactly what he's, I think it might have been like a villain panel, and um, great villains, and he, and I asked him about the, the burn scar thing, and I said, well, do you, you want to talk a little bit about what, uh, what happened on the, how you got the scars on your face? And he goes, no next question and i'm like <laughs> oh sorry okay Jeez. never mind uh, i had a, like a peter moment from the family guy i was like slowly walking out of the room <laughs> yeah so uh yeah but richard lynch plays rostov come on rostov
1: come on rostov yeah he he's he's the main of. well it's it's him and nico uh played yes. by <laughs> alexander zale who yeah. I recognized from a bunch of stuff like he was he was on NYPD Blue for like three years or something he's yeah a character actor he's he's in a bunch of stuff although I kind of found him to be a little bit oddly cast because yes, I found totally. his I found his face to be too likable to be a bad guy he seemed like kind of nice I thought
2: and he was also dressed really awkwardly through the whole movie he's like wearing a suit the whole time and I'm like like that he got from uh, the men's warehouse,
1: and cause and he was sweating the whole time too, yeah, like yeah. like everyone in that movie.
2: Well, he's <laughs> clearly in love with Rostov. They have this like weird uh, relationship going on, but we'll get to that
1: later. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, then the the what was it the the photo not photographer the reporter yeah, lady m- reporter yeah. yeah yeah played by Melissa Prophet. She doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. No, McGuire McGuire
2: was it. When uh, her character, uh, Dahlia McGuire, oh, just,
1: yeah, Dahlia McGuire. yeah, I yeah, I found her to be rather pointless in the movie. So <laughs> well, she t-
2: she's anno- she's annoying as fuck. Uh, to- totally annoying as fuck. I, I can't stand her character, um, but Chuck has some funny moments with her at the end of the movie, so
1: <laughs> And I assume you recognized FBI agent Cassidy.
2: Uh yeah, Eddie Jones from <laughs> our he's our boy. Yeah he's, he's yeah, he's Uncle Charlie. He's Uncle Charlie, Charlie and New and Kids.
3: kids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm like,
2: oh, wait, oh, holy shit! We are, yeah. we are. I'm sensing a trend that we interchange a lot of the actors. That uh, so many of our movies are like six degrees of uh, separation going on.
1: Well, actually, you know what's interesting um, when you think about it. So, so Invasion USA came out in 1985 right and new kids was 1985 as well wasn't it so he must have been filming those late 84 you know mid 84 whatever but Mm -hmm. both of his stuff takes place in florida yeah so so like his stuff pretty much took place in florida um you know because they kind of did atlanta and florida and and invasion usa so I, i bet you like when he was done with new kids he just like basically walked over and just did this
2: yeah yeah uh, he got a haircut and he became an FBI guy
1: yep there you go <laughs> welcome to the world of movie making <laughs> um and honestly everyone else is kind of like sort of like a goon but can I just drop uh uh Billy Drago is uh yeah, of course dude he can. he's he's in this movie for literally two minutes but yeah. pound for pound he acts his Ass off for those yeah. two minutes, and he is the highlight actor in the entire fucking film. Is 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 Billy Drago and and Chuck Norris's chest? <laughs> those, are the, those are the two greatest actors in this movie. Is Chuck Norris's yeah, exposed chest? I mean, Billy Drago
2: is an icon of villainy. Uh, I know on our Instagram page, I forget who the who the uh, the guy who chimed in about he did he has played some uh non-villainous roles but he's mostly known for being a villain heavy type because he's got such a great look um i mean i think most mainstream people will recognize him from the untouchables yeah He's one of the one of the many highlights that make just talking about the untouchables um twice now on this podcast with you makes me want to go watch the untouchables again because i forgot about how it's damn good of a movie it is yeah it's really Uh,
1: violent too like like big good blood packets which i love i like squibs man i like explosive squibs
2: but isn't that brian de palma i think brian de palma directed that movie i believe so yeah and um i'm always shocked
1: by how old brian de palma is i always think he's one of the the gang the you know with lucas and spielberg and those gang but he was actually before them
2: oh yeah he i think like phantom of the paradise came out in the early 70s that was one of his first movies he ever did yeah um yeah, and, and, you know, that that was one of his best movies, The Untouchables. But, um, yeah, Billy Drago is such a great character actor. Like, he's <laughs> and, so good. He's such a and, – and, you know, I think seeing him in this and then seeing him in Delta Force 2, I'm like, wait, but he's just a – at the time I, I was a kid and I just didn't get that the same guy could play. You know, it was like in, in wrestling when some guy loses all the time really fast. You don't exp- – like a jobber. You don't expect that guy to ever be champion, and if he ever kind of goes for the championship, you're like, oh, he's gonna lose. You know, like you never. And if he becomes a champion, you don't believe him as a champion because he's lost so many times. So I think seeing Billy Drago get wasted so fast in this movie and then being the lead villain in another movie, I'm like, why is he threatening? He was. Uh, yeah. What, what's you know, you know what I'm saying? Does that kind of make sense? I don't know.
1: I do know what you mean. I totally agree. Uh, just, I mean, shit. Just in my own personal experience, uh, Michael bean, you know, I always thought he was the coolest yeah. dude ever. Kind of, we, I meet him in person. Nice guy, but a little, little weird. So it's like, <laughs> hmm, okay, you're, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like, again, yep. seeing him as a, as a bad guy, in the abyss, I didn't really like that. I do love the abyss. I really enjoy that movie, and I, love I think that movie too. And I think Michael Bean does a great job as a bad guy, but I don't like seeing him as a bad guy because he's always going to be my Hicks. So
2: yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree. I was, uh, for me, that was miscast. He was miscast in that role because although, I although he did him a great a, job though, he did no, a fantastic
1: job as a bad guy.
2: He was great. I just don't, I didn't want to see him as a villain. I, I always, he's, he's a hero type. He's Kyle he's, Reese. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a great movie called the Lords of discipline that came out in the early eighties. And he's a villain in that. Uh, that also has bill paxton in it and uh, david keith not to be confused with keith david Uh, (laughs) and uh (laughs) he's the white guy he's the white guy the white hillbilly guy uh he's the dude in um, officer and a gentleman who hangs himself but lords of discipline is a very cool movie and yeah michael bean plays a villain in that and you're like oh but come on please like please please don't be the villain anyway (laughs)
1: I, <laughs> I agree. I agree, dude. Completely agree. I'm I'm with you on that one. Um, but real quick, back to the Billy Drago stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can talk for three hours minimum about that scene. So let's uh, <laughs> let's let's start jumping into the movie. I want to yes. start us off uh, with the IMDb description of Invasion USA. <laughs> a one man army comes to the rescue of the United States when a spy attempts an invasion. That's pretty accurate I'd say. Yeah, I'd say
2: that's pretty that's fairly accurate. Um it didn't make sense to me at first what the hell they were doing, but then once once like midway through the movie I'm like, "Oh yeah, okay." Mm-hmm. Uh there are going to be a couple act- actors uh I'll drop later on when their scenes come up and I'll see if you recognize these guys from the movies that uh I will eventually tell you they're from. Okay. Um and then in the fact that this movie was made for 10 million dollars You see the money on screen. You see every, I think every penny. Well,
1: yes, I I agree, especially the finale. And I think props, (laughs) uh, uh, big ups and props go to the city of Atlanta for allowing (laughs) them to have tanks and everything run down their street, which was impressive as hell. Like the the shots that they were actually, the shots that they were able to get in this movie were fucking impressive as hell.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, the director. Uh, which I'm blanking on at the moment. Um, Joseph Zito, Zito, uh, yeah, he like he's he's known for a lot of a lot of kind of schlocky stuff, um, but he like he know oh you know missing in action uh, Friday the Thirteenth the final chapter yep uh, you know he did those movies he's like he knows his way around an action movie that's for sure yeah um, I, I was gonna say really quick the the reporter. The the annoying reporter uh, at one point Chuck wanted Whoopi Goldberg to play that role. Yeah, yeah, so, yes, <laughs> yes.
1: That, fun fact. Yeah, yeah. I people I, I, like, I read I saw that on. Uh, I think you mentioned the the Blu-ray has. Um, like this 30 minute conversation with the writer and yeah. that's way too long <laughs> to yeah, talk to that guy. Cause he just sits there and talks for like 30 minutes straight and yeah. the camera just sits on him. Um, and, uh, but he did say that he did say that, that Chuck wanted Whoopi Goldberg as the reporter. Well, and I think the, the and directors and everyone was like, mm, no. Nah. No, it's not going to happen.
2: It's, well, it's funny because uh, the the discussion I was talk, having with this Uber driver the other day, he's like, it shocked me that he wanted Rup- Whoopi Goldberg to play uh, the reporter and I, because he's such a radical, like, staunch Republican. Uh, and I go, actually, that that's not who he was back then. He was super liberal back in the day and was super, um, like, not political at all. And he was all about the kids and all about, like, kind of diversity and everything. Things have changed in the past ten years with with, with good old Chuck. With Chuck's uh, values, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, that's why when people say you like Chuck, and I go, no, I like old '80s Chuck. I don't like yeah. current Chuck. Just have well, to clarify.
1: <laughs> and while while we're talking about that, uh, it it actually. Yeah, at the end of the movie, there's this uh, African American female reporter that they they kind of use a few times, and I wonder if that was Chuck saying, "Okay, fine, if we're not gonna get Whoopi Goldberg, I at least want like an African American woman here." I don't know, I, I don't want to speak for him, but now you know, now knowing that he wanted Whoopi there originally, you know, yeah. makes me wonder. Which is yeah, great, totally. I, which I which is awesome. I loved it. I, I I guess I only bring it. I only make it noteworthy is because I feel like I didn't see that a lot in movies back then. Uh, most movies like this, I feel like, especially if it's lower budget, they would try to whitewash it just to I don't know make it more marketable. I, I'm not trying to sound racist, but you know what I mean. No, and, no, I
2: totally know what you're saying.
1: And, and what I'm trying to say is. I enjoyed the fact that they that they focused on this uh, African-American reporter lady. I I liked that. It was refreshing. I thought it was it was nice as opposed also, to having the whole movie whitewashed. Like all the like all the Americans in the movie were white basically, is, you know what I'm trying to yeah. say.
2: Yeah, and all the yeah, and uh, all the non and all the Russian I am assuming they're all Russian uh, yeah. terrorists. You know like the Cuban ones or the, the you know, so it, Well, we'll get that later. Like like
1: everyone's a shade of brown, essentially. All the bad guys in this movie, except for the lead one, you know, uh, uh, John Lynch, yeah, Yeah. are, are, are some kind of like shade of brown. Even like they even use. Like like African American actors in as the villains, so you're wondering, okay, where did they get those guys? Are these are these uh, Cubans? Or are we talking like just mercenaries from the U.S. Army? But it's interesting that even a lot of the U.S. soldiers were white in the movie, but a lot of the villain army was black, and so. It's it's just nice that they actually put someone with color in in a positive role uh as yeah. the reporter in this. And <laughs> totally. uh and and also like I literally watched the entire movie uh under the like and we'll uh, you know at the beginning we're kind of all over the place right now. We'll we'll tighten our ship up a little bit, but I may the point is I I started the movie with the opening scene with you know what happens there and it you know it says Invasion USA and I'm like what are they trying to tell you are they trying to tell you that illegal immigrants are the invasion are they trying to say that you know the drugs are invasion like the fact that like the title card goes right after that opening scene and I'm like it's like it makes sense story wise I get why you put the title card there but what it's telling me as a viewer is that you're saying that the invasion is illegal immigrants and drugs and that illegal immigrants bring drugs in right you know what I mean so I kind of watched the movie under the those, uh, with those uh, lens on, on you know I don't know well yeah I, I feel
2: like uh, you know Rostov uh, Rostov is the uh, he's the mastermind it all falls apart and everybody just becomes and I and, and Nico says that at one point you know we would all just be, all these guys would just be criminal thugs if it if if it if you did not exist or if you were not here we need right. you Rostov you are the you know you're the connection let me make out with you Rostov please yeah. can I make out with you yeah. I love you so much Rostov <laughs> so yeah right, no, we'll get the, to
1: that it was he because he's like the white savior of them for them well, you he, know yeah. it's, he's it's, like the
2: Jim Jones uh, terrorist cult leader right
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, dude. Well, uh, and if you guys have been, you know, listening to the podcast, you know like I as well as Zach kind of go deep in sometimes in our theories and and we we pick a we pick apart and we figure things out on air. Like yeah. especially since I literally just stopped watching this movie about 2 hours ago. Like that that's when I finished it. So I don't have, like, 40 years of, like, like thinking about this film, so I'm going to be kind of, like, working through my feelings on the podcast with this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> let's, let's jump right into it,
1: baby. Merry Christmas!
0: Can I put the star up this year? Time for dinner!
3: No one thought
1: it could ever happen here they are an army of international terrorists
3: america has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years their target america their objective control 18 hours from now america will be a different
0: place now only one thing stands in their way It's time to die. Didn't work, huh? Now it will. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris.
1: Invasion USA.
2: But the opening in this movie, you know, is after the beautiful Canon logo, two podcasts in a row, Canon logo. uh, You see, before anything else, chuck norris like flashes on the screen
1: and it is huge and i was (laughs) impressed by how big the font was and he doesn't show up for like another 10 minutes into this like 15 minutes maybe but boom chuck norris the biggest font letters i've ever seen
2: (laughs) chuck norris boom and then does the rest of the credits and we open on this boat floating in the ocean The Atlantic, I'm assuming. And, uh, you know, there's all these what look to be uh, Cuban immigrants uh, starving, uh, escaping Cuba uh, and the boat is not working. It won't start. And then suddenly off in the distance, they see this uh, Coast Guard boat approaching with an American flag and they all freak out and they're all getting excited because they feel like, okay, they're going to get saved by the Americans and get brought to the U.S. and, uh, you know, never have to go back to Cuba. And when they get there, uh, the captain of the ship is at the t- in the front of the boat, and it's it's Rostov, but we don't know that yet. And he's you know with a with a perfect uh, American accent. He's like, "Welcome to America!" And everyone's excited, and they're all cheering, "Yeah!" And then right after that, everybody on well, he he pulls his gun out puts his head to the this old dude's brain and blasts his fucking
1: brain out. <laughs> Cold-blooded. Dude, like, you didn't have to, like, get their hopes up, but, like, he's helping that old guy out. He's like, yes, I will help you, and then pulls out his gun, boom, right in the fucking head. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I knew these people were going to die when, you know, I saw, like, all, <laughs> everyone on that boat, again, everyone on the, 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 the Coast Guard boat, yeah, was brown. So I was like, okay, they're all bad guys, right? like
2: well, yeah, and and you know, there and then there's the one guy who's trigger happy. I called him Trigger because he he couldn't stop. Yeah, uh, the
1: yeah the one other white guy is fucking uh, the Russian dude.
2: Yeah, this spazzy Russian guy who cannot who like is shoot like everybody on the Coast Guard boat starts shooting everyone on the Cuban refugee ship, and they're murdering everyone, and it is just like. Two minutes in, not even two minutes, but a blood fest, and it's not over the top blood. It's actually you don't see a whole lot of blood at all, but everybody's killed: kids, women, uh, elderly, men, everyone. Kill them all; they're dead. And I just wrote, "Fuck."
1: <laughs> yeah, I wrote that opening was brutal. That's brutal. what I wrote,
2: and they did it because they there was cocaine on board the ship. Uh, they uh, Rostov pulls out this dude. Uh, calls Nico to get this, grab this dude out, uh, who looks like he kind of sold the the refugee boat down the river and uh, he's like oh it's on the boat and he pulls this crate out and there's all this cocaine and they're like jackpot yay invasion usa
1: here we go <laughs> uh
2: you cut cut to the and, next and thing. my
1: point <laughs> my point there is like wait a minute are they saying that the immigration are, like i you know like it was just weird it was just bad timing to put it right there
2: i think too I, and and it's not to uh it's to it's to give the canon guys maybe less credit i don't think they necessarily Got that? I think it was just like you know what's gonna pull people in. What's right. gonna trigger people? Yeah, because let's just throw this on screen.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, film theory dictates that you know everything has a point, and and every juxtaposition has a reason. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I, I don't think that they, you know. Did it on purpose or had any sort of subliminal messaging to it? I just I'm just surprised that any no one was like you know what that looks a little fishy. But I digress. I move on. We won't talk about it anymore.
2: <laughs> we can we can. Uh, but Chuck will save the day. Don't worry. Uh, this a uh, redheaded uh, and by the way Chuck is Chuck was born uh, on a on a Native American reservation and he's Irish and Native American and uh, Hispanic. So. You know his I think his real last name is might be Rodriguez. I think I'm not positive. Don't quote me. Uh, when we do the wrap up at the end of the month, I will have all those facts for you. I just don't have them right now. Um, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm isolating it and turning it into a sound bite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> please do. um, so that cuts to that to a hydrofoil, uh, what do they call them? They're like air airboats. Air boats. Yeah, yes. the
1: airboats boats, because uh, they're in the Everglades, so yeah. yeah.
2: Cut to the hydro airboat. I wrote hydrofoil because I was thinking of like the Cobra hydrofoil back in the day, which is super dope. Uh, airboat.
1: Uh, I had that. I like that. Didn't it came with uh, Copperhead? Right. Copperhead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was cool because so cool. the boat actually floated, so you could actually play with it in your the bathtub.
2: Yeah. Bodie has one now, so he's he, nice. Yeah. So um, yeah. So cuts to this airboat, and who's on the airboat? But Chuck Norris. Chuck and motherfucking Norris. All his uh, weird kind of golden hair, chest hair glory, or mi- very minimal chest hair i think he waxed because if you look back at return of the dragon bruce lee's return of the dragon when he fights chuck chuck is covered head to toe (laughs) primarily back and chest to toe uh with body hair so he waxed himself for this movie uh i know he did he must have he he waxed the (laughs) shit out of his body uh and you know open shirt chuck fun fact The cover of this, the Blu-ray, the poster, all the promotional shit, which has Chuck on the cover with his shirt kind of open, his denim, his sleeveless denim shirt. He really doesn't sport that kind of hardly at all in this movie. In fact, the the finale, he's wearing a long sleeve shirt rolled up Buttoned up, <laughs>
1: with well, well I, black club. Well, on. no, his his chest is out all over the place in this. Where I would almost ha- hazard a guess to say it's a supporting character at this point. And <laughs> but it's not sleeveless. He's not sleeveless. No, that's so. the thing. Yeah, it's weird because they took the sleeves off. Yeah. But it's the sh- it's what he's wearing at the end when he gets arrested and you know yeah. he, sh- he with his ch- chest hair out and yeah. when he gets it's arrested great. you know of course because yeah, that's that's how you get arrested. Yeah. But um yeah it's a long sleeve one here they had to Photoshop the arms off. And then what? Give him his own arms back, or they made a shirt just that was the same but sleeveless. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting the fact that they had to say no, no, he needs to be sleeveless on the cover, though. Yeah,
2: I don't get that. I, I actually prefer the long sleeve look, but that that's neither here nor there. So, <laughs> um, but, well, no, uh,
1: I think I think what he, I you know what. I think he looks cool in the movie in somewhat with, with his head the to toe dem- yeah. denim and his black gloves and sure his chest is is hanging out and it's not practical but okay I get it he's kind of badass looking but I'm looking at the Blu-ray cover right here and he doesn't have the gloves on nope. and let's be honest without the sleeves the shirt looks a little bit mm, not too flattering like it's 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 a little bit feminine without the sleeves yeah. and I'm like you know what that was that was what kind of, that was a barrier for me a little bit like oh, I'm sorry the cover does not, as a kid, you know, more like as a kid, it didn't. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I'm like, you know what? That doesn't look good to me. I
2: I used to cut. I actually cut my sleeves off back in the day because I thought. It looked oh, cool. Zach! Ev-
1: <laughs> every episode, it's like a, it's like an onion peel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: so, uh, this scene specifically was hilarious because it shows him on the airboat in the Everglades, and then cuts to uh, the docks. It's just like random. It's just to show that Chuck's in the movie, I guess. And yeah. we cut to the docks with the FBI uh, investigating the uh, slaughter of all the um, not only the, the the slaughter of the refugees, but the slaughter of all of these Coast Guard workers uh, on the boat. And the FBI is one of the guys from the FBI is Uncle from uh, Uncle Charlie from New Kids. <laughs> uncle and then Charlie. This uh, this this lame ass reporter McGuire shows up. You know she's the she's the busybody. Like she's the. She's the, uh, you know, she's the, the, there's always this like annoying foil in every movie where they're just like, you know, we we she's a plot mover, I suppose. Like, well, uh,
1: according to the writer on the the special features, she was supposed to be kind of like the narrator of what was happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was like. She was kind of supposed to be the the viewer, the viewer's insight into what was happening, yeah. but okay, that makes sense. A, a lot of a lot of stuff got cut and I, and like cut when they were filming it and the movie changed a, <clears throat> a lot during the course of filming it. So it's so much so that they had to bring the writer in like on the last few days to actually fix the finale because they kind of had deviated so far away from where it was I think supposed to land that he had to do some some work, but I think a lot of her stuff was—it just didn't turn out the way anyone sort of wanted it to. Yeah. I guess that you makes know? sense. And and my feeling just the, throughout the entire movie was I was never like off put by her, but at the same time I was always like, oh yeah, you're you're in this movie. That that's right. Yeah,
2: yeah. She she's 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 um uh, yeah. There's a few scenes that that she's in where you're like, oh okay. If she wasn't in that scene, it may, would might have made less sense. Um, I guess I suppose, but she shows up and. You know the FBI uh, Cassidy mutters something like uh, "Check her out" or whatever. <laughs> Keep an eye on her, and um, yeah, all the Coast Guard are dead. It's crazy. They open up the they open up the this door on the boat, and there's all these slaughtered dudes in there. Um, leading to leading to the fact that you know Rostov has not just murdered all the refugees, but he's also murdered all these Americans. He's murdering everybody. Everybody.
1: Which Uh, I thought that was an interesting attention to detail that they actually showed, you know, that the what happened to the bodies of the Coast Guard people, which I imagine Rostov should have just thrown those bodies over the into the water. That would have been the smarter thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I take it back. Uh, Rostov's a moron. And uh, that was not a good attention to detail. So I, I take my point away.
2: Oh, no, he's totally a moron. He's totally a moron. He's like beyond moronic, but we'll get to that later. Um, And it's all for the benefit of Chuck Norris. So (laughs) but but speaking of Chuck, we cut back to Chuck in the swamp um, wrestling a croc. And I just want to point out the fact that he did almost like he did like 99 percent of his own stunts in this movie. And it's him with this dude, uh, his hairy buddy, uh, old gray, hairy buddy. Uh, I, what was the character's name?
1: I forget. Like, now. like, like old Ben or something like that. But yeah, and yeah, the the other guy. Uh, but did you see when they put the crocodile in the cage that if if its mouth was not wrapped up, like it went to go bite the other actor dude?
2: Yeah, John Eagle. John Eagle is the other character. The other character who's like Chuck does this with in his in his. All of his movies, he always has some kind of old dude or some like kind of side crotchety character who side crotchety.
1: Uh, <laughs> That's a new word.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm gonna coin that. The one of paper, four of coin. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> use that. Um, so he always has kind of like this cool like older buddy that he hangs out with, and John Eagle is like this kind of quirky character dude who's wrestling the the gator with him, and yeah, they're le- it's a legit gator. Uh, they throw him in the cage, and you know they call it a day. Then you cut back to Rostov in this hotel. I said hotel slash whorehouse drug drug haven. Yeah. And uh, and he's walking up the hallway past all these other, all these prostitutes. I'm assuming. And he goes into what appears to be like a hotel room, but it's also like an office. Yeah, like a this
1: makeshift sort of office thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, and there's this there's this uh, chica. In the corner, this, uh, this, you know, Latina chica who's, uh, you know, with her f- this red spaghetti dress on. And there's a dude sitting at the table uh, who's like this drug druggy drug dealer guy. And it's Billy Drago. It's our boy, Billy Drago. and He's
1: a Drago dealer.
2: He's a Drago dealer. Rostov comes over, uh, gives him a big thing of cocaine. And Drago calls, uh, I'm assuming, he calls his arms dealer. And right. he's like, Yeah, give him give him give Nick. you know, uh get that greaser on the phone. <laughs> That's what he says, I think. And uh basically Rostov's paying for like the largest warehouse Walmart amount of ammunition and guns for all this cocaine.
1: Right. So he, he used that cocaine to buy all to buy the armaments that they yes. were gonna use.
2: Yes. And and uh Drago's happy with it. Uh, the, 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 the chica comes over to snort some cocaine and she's starting to snort with her little silver straw. And I mean, I'm happy to take this because I love this movie Did so much, but do you want to take this scene, dude, you want to describe this, what is about to happen next?
1: <laughs> dude, this is hands down my favorite scene in the entire fucking movie. Yeah, dude. So Billy Drago gets up and he's like he's kind of like fronting on on our boy Rostov. You know, yeah, I'm like, what's yeah. he doing? Kind of backing him against the corner or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and it's which is weird because Drago doesn't have anything to sort of lose here because he, he he's not near his guns. Meaning like all those people are there. Yeah. So but okay, Drago's kind of creeping on him, dude. <laughs> Rostov slams the lady's head down into the straw thing that she's using like basically jamming it up into her brain. Yeah, She's screaming he grabs Billy Drago, spins him around, pushes him against the the wall, takes Billy Drago's gun out of his pants pocket shoots Billy Drago's dick off (laughs) he just shoots his dick off, he's like blam blam blam, Billy Drago's not even like dead he's like oh god, he's falling down (laughs) and then he chucks the girl out the window while she's still screaming Mean. throws her and out
2: then, this plate her, glass window
1: i'm like this is Slo-mo. truly the greatest action like dispatchery <laughs> i've ever seen then of course like one of the goons like walks in easily just gets killed but i mean who gives a crap by that point like this yeah. lady got chucked out the window she was dead she was already dead that thing was up in her brain up in yeah. her nose and and he <laughs> threw her out the yeah. goddamn window like she was nothing like a piece of trash <laughs> and it I wanna... was amazing and billy drago's <laughs> bleeding his dick's bleeding out on the floor i want this to point out
2: this this is this is dick shot off scene number one yes nobody
1: i have notes <laughs> i have thoughts rostov shoots dicks off that's what he does he's like yeah. Gruber. instead of ripping tearing throats he's shooting dicks because he shoots more dicks off later it's but yeah, so dude, great it's such dicks. a bonkers
2: scene dude like after he throws and he yeah he throws her out the window uh drago's uh, uh drago's uh drago's uh cronies come in and he blasts him too and rostov just takes off leaves the coke leaves everything split
1: so so if billy didn't like step up to him if billy drago didn't step up to him he would have just left left and everything would have been cool right i mean
2: everything was cool like rostov was like whatever because rostov in my opinion is all about wanting to see the United States just crumble. So what is what did Drago what would Drago do? He'd sell these drugs to more people, get more people addicted, create more chaos in this country. So it's kind of a win-win for Rostov. Rostov didn't want to kill this guy, but yeah. but Drago is fronting on him like you said and he and he took him he dispatched
1: properly. He, he dispatched his dick and balls. <laughs> yeah.
2: So the scene is not over because Rostov leaves the hotel and when he does, the doorman is uh, there and uh, the hotel manager or whatever, and he kind of sees what's going on, and he goes to check out what, what the chaos and runs in there, and he, you know, takes the Coke, He all just of it. takes
1: the Coke and runs away with it. I I'm just like, ra- yeah, dude, you do it, man. It you such- fucking do it.
2: <laughs> it was such a great button. I was like, yes, that is such a great, like, tongue-in-cheek moment where you're yeah. like, most straight action movies wouldn't do shit like that they just they would have just ended the scene right there but the fact that they threw this little moment of humor in there was like okay this this movie's not taking itself too seriously uh it clearly knows where its bread is buttered uh or where the butter is bread no where the bread is buttered um yeah so anyways <laughs> back to back to the swamp john eagle is selling his crock to <laughs> no pun intended he's selling his crock to uh another guy in the in the in the glades and um and we we see where Chuck is living Chuck lives in the everglades. he's got a pet armadillo.
1: I love that pet armadillo, bro, oh my
2: God, I'm like, oh, these are so cute. Because I heard somebody about a week ago saying how armadillos are gross and they they're like little rats of of the desert, and I'm like no, after seeing this, I'm like, it's like a little puppy I'm, yeah man, I'm adillo <laughs> right, and so yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. And then, uh, yeah, th- 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 that that's happening, and they're kind of making the deal go down. And um, and an FBI guy shows up and visits Matt Hunter um, at his house. And he not- he goes to knock on the door, but then he just walks in his house. Just walks in Matt Hunter's house. And I'm like, who does that shit? He just walks into his house looking around, and Matt surprises him. It's a nice like, little chokehold. He puts a chokehold on him and he's like, I'm not interested. And uh, and the guy, and the FBI guy's like, The company needs you, Matt. We need you. And uh, and then he's like, uh, What does he say? Uh, Rostov is here. You know, he tells him that Rostov is in the United States. Yeah. And then you realize at that point that Chuck's character, Matt Hunter, has a history with Rostov, that they go way back and he should have killed him the last time. Uh, when he had the chance, um, and so cut back from there, you you later realize that this is a dream sequence, but
1: yeah, this was a little off putting at first, this scene, I was a little confused, but yeah, go, go ahead.
2: Yeah. So this is, I mean, this is explaining what happened just a moment ago where the FBI guys like, you gotta, you gotta help, you know, you gotta help catch Rostov and, and then you go, Oh, this is why you got to help catch him. So Rostov, uh, you cuts to Rostov visiting like some sort of ambassador uh with the president of the united states there i'm assuming it's cuba and rostov has a giant bazooka that he's about to shoot into the home of the cuban let's call him the cuban president right yeah um and right before he's about to pull the trigger chuck norris matt hunter shows up and you know he's puts a gun to his head and he's like rostov it's time to die
0: it's time to die
2: (laughs) it's it's so fucking awesome because he his voice never raises above like you know a two um, and right before he pulls the trigger, that's when Rostov wakes up screaming from a nightmare, and so that explains the the uh the death dream explains the history he has with hunter I'm assuming. You know, he just—he didn't shoot him. Maybe he caught him and they arrested no, he, him. And,
1: well, he kicked him. That's what knocked him out of the dream. That's like right. he, yeah. he kicks him. So yeah, he probably he obviously arrested him. He obviously got out. Whatever yeah. happened, but yeah, that was that was a little bit jarring. I didn't at first take that it was you know a dream, but it works. You know, and once you realize what's happening, it, it works. It's confusing.
2: Um, I totally agree. It's confusing. It I, was yeah, confusing I almost, to me as a kid.
1: I, I almost feel like that the director maybe should have just shot it differently or maybe use some kind of a filter just to give you like an idea that it didn't take place in the timeline of the movie, but it did its job and it's the only flashback we get.
2: Yeah. And it, and it sets up the the history they have together and Nico walks into, but but
1: does it, does it really set up
2: anything? I mean, anything really? (laughs) I mean, Rostov, Rostov is scum, right? He's supposed to represent the lowest of the low, the most evil person on the planet.
0: He's he's the he's the you but know the, the, I I, the and I get what
1: you're saying but in this flashback all we see is Chuck Norris sneak up on him and then kick him yeah. like do you know what I mean like I'm just saying what we see here. Is it really enough to warrant him waking up like from his like a dream, terrified like that, like being as 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 scared of of Chuck Norris as he is? I don't know. I feel like I needed some more backstory on these two characters.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, when you go on IMDb and you look at like the, the the comments about this movie, and I think you pointed this out in the, the like the documentary on on the screenwriter that they cut out all of the character development in this movie and just went for essential, essentially like vignettes. Yeah. Uh, action it's, set pieces.
1: Yeah. It's, it's almost like, it's almost like a flip book. It just goes yeah. from one thing to another. Yeah. And with no, really nothing keeping it in, keeping it together in between plot yeah. or story wise. And yeah, it's apparently, you know, they cut out a lot of, of any kind of backstory and, most of the time I would say great that's fine for an action movie but I I needed a little bit more substance here you know I, just a little something
2: I was totally okay with it on this end I was I was just about to say the flip of what I'm a, I'm about to say the flip of what you just said because I'm o- totally okay with it because the set, the action scenes were so over the top and hilarious where I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I don't need to know who that person is. <laughs>
1: okay. Let, let me caveat by saying they should have taken out that flashback scene completely. Yeah. I think, I think I would have inserted my own reasoning in my head if I had not seen that flashback as to why they were arch nemesis. Yeah. And it would have been infinitely better than anything that I, they showed me right there. So like, they literally should have just taken that scene out. We did not need it. And just, honestly, you could just cut from uh, that scene with Chuck Norris and the FBI agent or the the company man, you know, saying he's back or whatever. And then having Vostov wake up from his nightmare about, and he's, oh, you know, and then you can still have the same dialogue. And you can tell, yeah. like, through dialogue, you could say, you know, the nightmare was from Chuck Norris. And then, dude... As an audience member, we would have inserted so much something so much more uh, impactful than what we actually saw. I, this is like one of the few times in an action movie where I think like a, a piece of the action should have been taken out. You know, like, yeah,
2: yeah. No, that, I could see that. I could see, Yeah, because because Nico at that point, Nico says to him, he's like, "Oh, did you have the dream again?" Right. Like, yeah.
1: So you you could have had all of the same exposition. And if you hadn't seen any of what you just saw, you would have yeah. just inserted something else and it yeah. would have been better than what our what played for us. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's that's my whole thing. And and without it, I would have you know, like so I said, I would've used my imagination. I might not have wanted more backstory, but now given what I have, I'm like, oh, I took a bite of it, and I'm like, well, I'm like I'm I'm like that's not can't be the only reason he, he wakes up from a nightmare. Like there's got to be now more history to it, but I'm forced to think about it because they showed me garbage. <laughs> well, well, well
2: what they say what uh what they're about to, what Nico's about to say doesn't make a whole lot of sense either, but uh, but uh you know, he cuz Rostov's like I want Hunter dead, you know, before the before the operation, before we start this whole invasion. And uh, Nico's like
1: Nico's oh, trying they, this whole invasion USA, and then have them yeah. like look right to the camera. <laughs> you
2: know so so and also you have to go back to
1: 1985.
2: I keep reminding myself as I'm watching this, I'm like, in '85, have we gotten to the point of cliche? like have we gotten to the point where the, all these silly things? we've seen these silly things a million times over probably not this was you like know, right at the height this was I, like, like
1: we're in the we're balls deep in the silly things that yeah. they're going to be making fun of come like 89 90 91 yeah. like you know what i mean like right now we are in in full swing of of the goofiness of what they're yeah. going to be cuz this whole movie is taking itself very seriously
2: yeah except you know but, the, but there are some tongue in cheek moments like the the, the 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 doorman guy taking the cocaine and uh and there's or, some other scenes coming up
1: or the security guard later that drives away when uh, when the shootout at the mall.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah. so okay, so so yeah, Nico's they're Nico and Rostov are arguing, and it's totally like a lover's spat because because uh, you can tell like Nico is like we you know we need you, and they will not tolerate. He's one man alone. They will not tolerate this. And like who's they? Who, who, who is? Oh, the, I guess whoever there's someone behind uh you know it's, it's like serpentor and this is cobra commander which i kind of started this in my mind playing out like okay rostov is cobra commander who constantly fucks up and the emperor is like the one in the background pulling the strings you know this i command that's what that's what i was going for and yeah. Nico is destro Nico is destro yeah. who's like Guy, the I smarter was...
1: one I was totally fantasizing about how you could turn this into a G.I. Joe movie or how, you know, this was sort of G.I. Joe-esque. Like, it's it's ultimately what Cobra wants to do, but yeah. they never quite could do.
2: Yeah, I, I that this was me at nine. Like, I was—this is—I was, is, was neat—not ball, <laughs> balls deep because uh, I was only nine, but I was, like, knee-deep in G.I. Joe uh, taking the, the toys and turning them into real characters. And there was a character— uh, who was a survivalist in for GI Joe, and he had red hair and a bandana, yep. and he looked just like Chuck Norris.
1: He I, yes, he I, he doubled as Chuck Norris for every kid yeah, <laughs> back in the eighties. Yeah, I know he, exactly. He became, uh, like, Chuck. Is that shoot? I wanted to say it was Outlaw. Yeah, I know he's got the white shirt or on. Outback, and everything. I,
2: not Outback, but
1: uh, yeah, something it's something like that. But yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I lo-
2: love that character. But um, uh, so. From that scene, we cut back to Shea Hunter in the Everglades, Chucky's house, and Chuck's cutting wood with his, you know, ch- cutting wood. And we cut from him cutting wood. We cut to uh, Rostov and his team on on their airboats or their hydrofoils. And I just wrote
0: Cobra because they're <laughs>
2: infiltrating. Like, okay, they know exactly where Matt Hunter is. I guess he must have a, you know, he's in the yellow pages somewhere, Everglade Forest, whatever. And um, they just destroy his house they annihilate his house and it's a lame scene be- in in one, one hand because they're like if the guy wanted him dead so bad he would have walked up and made sure he put a bullet in his brain but yeah you know. well
1: it's it's i mean first off first off the one guy with the the goggles the yeah, the yeah. black sunglasses yeah. he charles bronson was that charles bronson because he had the bronson mustache but then no. he gets like shot by uh what john was eagle. the john, john eagle. eagle he gets shot by john eagle so he's like the only one to die but then he's, that other guy's hand gets shot or something yeah tomas that, Tomas. yeah and that sort of comes back later although yeah. it, it has no you don't really see it happening And i feel like there was another plot point to that somewhere yeah um But, yeah, so they shoot up the house, you know, because John Eagle kind of, you know, warns him. So uh, Chuck Norris was able to actually sort of dodge the explosion and and everything. But my, my note was... Why didn't Rostov go check for a body once yeah. they thought they blew him up? Just yeah. go f- check for a body. They like, oh, they assume. And you know what happens when you assume? You make an <laughs> ass of you and me. They just roll off. They're like, nope, he's done. Great, well, let's go.
0: I think
2: well, Rostov's a pussy. Like, uh, sorry, he's a, he's a pussy. Like he, yeah. you know, uh, he he's he's. I, and I think th- whether that's intentional or not, uh, to, to paint the, the 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 lead villain as a as a wimp. Who uh you know who cheeses out pretty quickly uh that th- that's cool because like he's gonna get he's gonna get his comeuppance eventually you know <laughs> and yeah they they split and they shoot John Eagle I'm like
0: no John Eagle's dead no
2: because Chuck after Chuck's covered in rubble Chuck survives up pops Chuck and he goes over to John Eagle's body on his hydrofoil airboat and lifts him up and puts him in the house and sets the house on fire. You know, flame John Eagle up to the spirit in the sky. And uh, it's so sad because I'm like, oh, I like John Eagle. He was a cool character. I would have liked to see more of him.
1: And then and then he just goes to his truck grabs the the keys out from under the wheel well and just like my that that life is over I'm done with that life now
2: Yeah, yeah I was like okay time time to go to work time to go to yeah. work yeah because John eagle's got like a cafe like a little roadside like a yeah. uh, he,
1: john eagle was was uh, an entrepreneur man he's doing it a- okay yeah and and yeah
2: hunter rides off uh presumably to uh you know take on the faction like to take, get out and take on the reds and the, and the Cubans, you know, <laughs> So after that, it's back to Nico and Rostov and they're having dinner and they're getting pumped for their big invasion. <laughs> it's really, a, it's a funny scene. Cause they're like, Oh, they're like having a dinner at a sit down restaurant, you know, like, yeah. After killing like <laughs> multiple already, apparently this movie has a death, a death count of 129, um and Uh,
1: it's it's pretty there's a lot of people that die in this movie especially (laughs) you come up to the uh, the finale yeah it's crazy
2: yeah and, and so they're discussing this this eventual invasion which is about to take place right about now because from there they cut to the beach in the evening and there's this chick in the in the in the ocean with her boyfriend and they're on the beach and they're making out and uh watching the tonight show and phyllis dillers talking and right <laughs> Is it, that who that was? That was Phyllis Stiller. Yeah, she's making jokes, and it's funny. And it's like that's such an odd thing to make out to, but I guess whatever they're 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 going at it. And uh, Nico walks up and uh, blasts both of them, yeah, uh, with a gun. That was pretty
1: brutal, dude. That was that was cold blooded right there because he just like walks up behind the dude and just pulls his head back like mid makeout. It's yeah. like, dude, can you imagine what that's like making out with somebody and then all of a sudden, boom, you're done, you're dead, it's over. Yeah. And then you know, the girl's screaming and he puts kills her. But that's a he's got a tricked out little uh, pistol right there. And in this scene, I thought it was I thought it was like I was like my note was like, oh, that's a that's a pretty mean pistol he's got there. And then later you see it's like, oh, it's just like a normal pistol with some weird ass attachment on the top.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't because it, it's not a silencer no no it's, no, it's, it's loud as hell yeah it's loud <laughs> it's loud as hell it reminded there's a movie in the early 80s called maniac it's directed by bill lustig william lustig and um, tom savini did the special effects for it and it's all about this it was remade uh maybe five yeah, with years Elijah ago wood right with elijah's wood yeah and um and uh it's it's kind of henry portrait of a serial killer is a is a uh also kind of a A takeoff on it as well it's about him just a homicidal maniac who storms new york and kills people and there's a beach death scene uh in that movie and it was reminded me a little bit of that because when the girl's screaming after the boyfriend's been shot it's just really intense yeah Uh, super effective for me and uh she's dead and these boats roll onto shore which um, these really old, cool because he, yeah. they
1: take actual World War II Higgins boats yeah. um, that that they used on D Day, and this is one of those moments where I can only imagine it was unintentional. Like you know, it was like oh, we just got these boats, like like uh, that was what our budget had, but. It turned out to be a really effective shot of having them kind of come out of the dark and then birthing, like, all these jobbers. I just wrote down that's a lot of jobbers for uh, Chuck Norris to kill later on. But, like, birthing, like, all these guys, it it was a really cool scene. And, I mean... They have a lot of extras that took coordination like like a couple of those guys almost like went down in the in the water when they were jumping out of the boat and everything. And I was like, "Damn!" I was just like impressed at the coordination of that.
2: Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, the movie The Warriors when all the gangs are are there in 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 the you know, in the park and they they're having to coordinate where everyone's running at one point because there's total chaos. I just wrote. Uh, That it was the clown cars of carnage opening (sighs) up, and uh, all these you know random terrorists, and some were speaking German and other languages. You can tell, like I don't think that was intentional, uh, but there because there is for the foreign version of this film, the edit, the edited version, uh, they changed Rostov to like a German terrorist instead of a Russian one.
1: So I watched this movie with subtitles, and there were so many times when the subtitle would be. Speaking Spanish, like it yeah. meaning, like it says, speaking Spanish, and the lady's like yelling, speaking Spanish, whatever. Yeah. Then late, and so they don't translate the Spanish. And then later, uh, they have Rostov saying something in the helicopter, like all the way at the end. I'm yes. just gonna say it now. Yeah. He says something to the guy in a different language, I don't think it's Spanish, and then it says. It gives you the subtitle for that. It's set, and, it, and, and above it, it doesn't even say what the language is. It just says foreign language, yeah. and then it gives you the subtitle for it. Yeah. I'm like, the, the subtitles in this movie were all over the place.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. I, just to wrap up this scene, too, as they're storming the Normandy beach, um, they're walking all over the, the couple
1: that, uh, that
2: were making out. And just stomping them,
1: and, and you heard the the dude's leg snap when he yeah, when somebody dude. stepped on it again. There's all these there's little attention to details <laughs> like like the um, the manager grabbing that you know the the stack of coke you know out of of Drago's office yeah. you know like this thing like they took the time yeah. to set up that shot of of them running on that guy's leg and then actually folied in that snapping of the of the bone <laughs> just to kind of say hey look this is brutal I mean you already shot him and killed him right on the beach you know like now they're showing you that these guys mean business and i'm like yeah dude i i get it i buy it I, i i buy that they mean business
2: they mean business and they get in their their trucks and they drive off and i sell i
1: just wrote down all hell is about to break loose but but this so my my question is and it goes back to cobra too where do you find the goons? Where do you get your goons at? And and yeah. realistically, are they, I'm assuming, ex-U.S. military people, right? Like mercenaries, right? And then you got, quote-unquote, freedom fighters from different countries. But I feel like nowadays it would be all al-Qaeda or something. But here, or at least back in 85, I mean, it was just a collection of... Well, mostly non-white people, which yeah. is interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm but assuming, no, but the,
1: make no mistake, there are yeah. there were quite a few white guys in there too. So yeah. you got to wonder, like, are those just like you know, I don't know, like like Europeans, Eastern Europeans? Are they, you know,
3: uh,
1: I don't know, radicalized uh, uh, U.S. combatants? Like, I have no clue. Well, I I, I gathered,
2: or I I assume, I, I I'm guessing that Rostov. Or in whoever he works for, we're able to c- compile every single evil person on the planet to kind of come together, a la the Warriors with Cyrus bringing all the gangs together to take over the United States. The United States being the most powerful country in the world, and um, and so he does have one Asian guy who we'll get to in a little bit. Very...
1: You, you mean Lightning from Big Trouble in Little oh, China? Oh yeah,
2: I was gonna, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna plant that in there, but yes uh yeah i was wondering if you're gonna pick up on him but yes lightning from big trouble in little china uh the the one asian dude in the in the group but yeah (laughs) i feel like it was just that you know he called up all the drug dealers in the country or in the world all the terrorist arms dealers and like hey we want to make sure that the country pays for what we're about to do you know and so i guess he's like the the guy who the ringleader
1: yeah and and while it's impressive how many guys they have coming off those boats, yeah, you know, like I mean, it's a lot. You're like, oh, wow. that's as far as like filming goes, yeah, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of bodies, and it's it's impressive. It's an impressive oh, yeah. shot. But then you sit back and I'm like, oh, well that's is that enough people to take over a country <laughs> but but, no. but in in this movie's defense the way they do it is smart so yes. i i i enjoy it and and we'll talk about it as it plays out but i i question it and then at least one of the ways this movie does not fail is showing you how like a smaller group of people could actually do something like this
2: yeah some of the things that are about to happen would make sense um because I feel like they've kind of happened in our country. Right. Yes. I, I yeah, I know it's
1: watching this movie in a post nine 11 is yeah. very interesting.
2: Like, Oh, okay. So yeah. Cause from there we, we shoot, we kick back to Chuck. Chuck's hanging out at Ray's pizza, uh, his little pizza joint. And the FBI guy, whose name is Adams uh, from earlier when he was trying to convince Chuck to, to join up with the NBA, FBI to take over, take out Rostov. He shows up at the the pizza place and, uh, can finally convinces Matt Hunter to go and save the day, and Chuck leaves. And I love this scene because he leaves the check for <laughs> the FBI yeah. guy to pay.
1: <laughs> and, like, as he's walking away, the cook guy grabs his yeah. arm. I was like, damn, that was – it was it was good. It was a good little scene, but uh, you know, dude, it's it's so funny, man. It's it's the hero's journey, right? And yeah. like the first, like there's always the first step is always re- the rejection of the journey. Yeah. So you know, of course, Chuck Norris turns it down, just like Luke Skywalker's. You know, like he can't go or whatever. And then once once your entire world is taken away from you, bada bing, bada boom, Luke can go save the galaxy. Yep. Chuck Norris can go save uh, the USA. I'm sure
2: Joseph Campbell would totally appreciate the, the Hero's Journey <laughs> yeah. reference, too. I, I'm sure he would if he was still alive. Uh, it, especially just, he, in
1: Invasion USA. Yeah, now he's
2: just rolling over in his grave knowing <laughs> that Invasion USA was—or uh, he's probably—I'm assuming he was cremated. But uh, anyways, uh, so after that, we cut back to the bumbling FBI. They're investigating the boats that were uh, used in, for, the, um, for the big, uh, you know, deployment— but, yeah, and and uh, the the reporters back. <laughs> the it's like jobber, the jobber, yeah, the jobber deployment, the jobber deployment. The, it's funny because um, every time the FBI shows up, McGuire the reporters show up. And I'm like, she's got such such a nosy bitch, you know. <laughs> like she, uh, and then at the same time they're investigating and they're like, we have no idea what's going. How did, what's going on? You know, she spots uh, the cowboy. She spots Chuck Matt Hunter, and why she thinks he's a cowboy, I have no Cause, idea because he's not even because a he's hat.
1: draped head to toe in denim at all points in time. With oh, yeah. e- I'm sure he's got. Does he have cowboy boots on? Probably in this does. Movie? Probably yeah, probably, yeah, dude, he's denim man. Of course he's cowboy, bro. <laughs> of course he's cowboy.
2: Yeah, and she's checking out cowboy say like, oh cowboy who's the cowboy and she's intrigued by by matt hunter
1: can always, i yeah no go ahead what were you gonna say well
2: i said you're always gonna have in all of chuck's movies you always gotta have a chick that is interested in chuck romantically finds him attractive of That's course just, it's it's always like there's always the one uh, but he has zero interest in her at all. <laughs> zero. <laughs> Which like, I love. Like, zero I love interest. It. I love it, because she thinks she's hot shit, and he totally rejects her at every moment.
1: Now, I got to say, what I, what I pieced together in this scene in my head is I think there was a more interesting movie. If you... Didn't show any of the bad guys doing their thing, yeah. And all you got was the FBI, like first finding the the boat, you know, just uh, finding the national the Coast Guard boat, right? With all the people dead, it's like okay, that's a mystery. What what's happening here? And then you know something happens, then you come back to this scene, and all of a sudden there's these Higgin boats that are up on the the beach, and, yeah. and someone the body's dead. And it's like what's happening here? And I feel like you could have had like like a. Like an Independence Day, like a Roland Emmerich, he does. Roland Emmerich does them so good. These buildups, the Independence Day buildups, you yeah. know, and his his payoffs aren't quite as as great, but he does the buildups better than anyone. And I feel like you could have done a very interesting background build-up, you know? And you could even, like, have been radio, uh, you know, watching things on TV and about how all over the country these boats were washing up on shore. People don't know what they are, you know? And it's like there's some kind of ominous thing happening. And I was like, oh, that would have been a, a sort of a cool way to handle it. But, yeah, I mean, you needed... All of the stuff that you needed to, to show Rostov and you know what was going on, but yeah. I think there was there was a more interesting build up there if you cut that stuff out.
2: Oh yeah, no, I t- I totally agree. This movie could have been made way more slick than it was, but you know, a la Red Dawn. Um, right. Yeah, I it, mean it's
1: it's funny we haven't even brought up Red Dawn even at this point, but I mean, uh, there's. So many things. <laughs> well,
2: we we were at, with the, the Russians were the go to villains uh, for 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 the better part of the 80s. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, and this movie really just hits that home. And even though it has a 10 million dollar budget, it still feels kind of low budget on uh, in, in some ways because it because it's it's a one man army. You know, Chuck's Chuck typically has a really great supporting cast with him when he does movies like this. Um, where, Whereas most, and we've talked about this in the cyborg uh, episode, a lot of martial art guys had a great supporting cast. This supporting cast outside of Rostov is just kind of like lukewarm at best. Um, nobody feels like really stand out, you know, and he doesn't have anybody to really play off of. The reporter is like, like you said, she's annoying and, and she doesn't really serve a purpose. Um, so there's, there's definitely those shortcomings, but I feel like the action is about to make up for it in the next scene. So, because we kick into the next scene and, and it's this small little Atlanta, uh, suburb street. Uh, I think it's like first and second street and it's Christmas Eve or it's where it's pretty close. And um, there's this brother and uh, sister arguing over who's going to decorate the Christmas tree out front outside their house. And everybody's having a good time. It's time to come in for dinner.
1: Everyone's having a good time. People are making out in the cars, yes. and I—I I, I liked in the opening establishing shot. There was some dude walking up the street with a like a, a Christmas tree over his shoulders, yeah, like a fully decorated Christmas tree over his shoulders. But he's walking up the hill, up the street, and I'm like what who the fuck does that what the hell's that and then there's like people making out in the car with kids playing like right in front of them making out in the car it's it's crazy that, you know, that is a crazy street and it, it is a lively street too
2: you know who puts a who puts a tree on their shoulder and walks around with it Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando.
1: <laughs> yes, he does. Well,
2: we'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, so so at, at, at all this cuteness is going on, all this Saturn goodness, and that's why I said at one point when Corey said, "What what uh, what, do we get, what movie is you going to be your pick for for December?" and I said, "Oh, I'm going to pick the Christmas classic Invasion USA because." You know, it takes place around Christmas, so I'm technically I'm technically calling it a Christmas movie. Yep. So hey, Diallo, buddy. if you're listening, and hopefully you are at some point, uh, this is a Christmas movie. So, <laughs> but uh, we we cut to Rostov and Niko. Uh, you know, our, our good little buddies, Rostov and Niko, uh, our, our love buddies, and they they pull out a bazooka and aim the bazooka at the house where the the daughter and the, the brother and sister just went in with their dad after decorate arguing about the tree. The little girl runs out to. You know, to put the star on the tree. Because she's like, I want to put the star on the tree. They're having this little quarrel or whatever. And Rostov pulls out a bazooka and blows up the fucking house. Boom. (laughs) Loved it. It was. (laughs) He not only blows up the fucking house, turns another direction. Boom. Blows up another house. Turns another direction. Boom. Blows up another fucking (laughs) house.
1: And this is when I start having problems, because that's not how bazookas work. Bazookas, bazookas oh, come on. Bazookas do not have clips, dude. He blew up like eight houses without reloading it once. Come on. Oh Well,
2: you know, that's that's the power of positivity. You know, he's thinking... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that killed me, bro. That killed me. I loved. I wanted to love the scene. I wanted to be into it, but that that killed me, bro. I was like, "Come on!" Oh, like, it's hilarious. Then, then you then. know what? Then use a grenade launcher. Then use yeah. a grenade launcher. But I will say the house explosions were impressive. That was absolutely impressive and I didn't know that they demolished those houses to turn into um a part of like I think the convention center, the yeah. Atlanta Convention Center. So they had like carte blanche to destroy this neighborhood. And again, there's these moments of just amazing visuals in this movie of houses really exploding.
2: Yeah, it they decimate these house, they turn them into into sticks and um and yeah, I feel like for for the lack of uh continuity with the the weapons are concerned they make up for that later when uh they're loading and reloading or are just throwing guns on the ground if they run out of bullets with them so, so yeah um uh, but yeah the, the, this this town this little this quaint little suburb has now been just decimated and the little girl is still alive just so everyone knows she, well, but her little she brother's went into the, dead.
1: She, yeah he's dead but they she went into the house and then they show her like out on the yard which means she got blown out the window <laughs>
2: Yeah, and the and the couple making out, kind of rescue her. So
1: which I liked. I was like, oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. That's you cool. know, like yeah. They, yeah, there's little little moments of of interestingness here, <laughs> Car- character moments that I find to be interesting, wrapped up in a bunch of stuff that I have problems with. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you're but you're gonna have some more like a little interesting moment coming up in the next scene because um, we cut to some sort of like Cuban dance club, and uh, McGuire, the reporter, uh, she's there taking photos of everybody. Because I guess in her spare time when she's not covering a terrorist invasion, she's taking photos of Cuban dancers at a club because that's cool. Yeah. Um, that's her job, I guess. And there's these two dudes spitting game about how they're going to hook up with this, uh, these chicks at the club. And I'm like, wait a minute. I know that one guy. There's one guy who keeps talking over and over, like the, 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 the more kind of outgoing Don't- of the two.
1: The one that gets blasted by lightning? Yes. No, that wasn't lightning. That, uh, you know, yes, lightning was yeah. the one. Yeah, it did. He did get blasted by lightning.
2: Gets blasted by lightning. So this dude, I'm like, I know this guy. What is this guy? His his name's Michael Carmine, and most people will know him as like the main the main villain from Batteries Not Included. Um,
1: Jesus dude I haven't seen that Since it came out In the theater I okay. saw that in the theater
2: Okay well, Yeah um, Me too And uh, and he's also In Deep Star 6 uh, sorry, no. we are gonna do He's in Leviathan Well um, we're doing both Yeah And uh, and he was also In a great uh, Underrated Action movie Called Band of the Hand Which was uh, Produced By Michael Mann Not directed uh, Directed by One of the guys From Starsky and Hutch Yeah
1: um, I've I've never seen the Band of the Hand, but I've heard of it, and I've heard people talk positively about it.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not a masterpiece by any means, but it's if you're a fan of Michael Mann movies, his signature is on it.
1: Which I am. I actually am. I I like Heat. I like. Uh, I even like the Miami Vice remake. To be to be so honest with I. you,
2: so do I. I. I actually liked it a lot too. I just like Michael Mann's aesthetic, and I, me too. Th- this movie is, is all of that. He, um, real yeah. quick. Michael Mann did
1: Collateral too, right?
2: He did Collateral also. Yep. Probably I one enjoyed of Tom that. Cruise's best movies he's ever yep. done. Um, and he did the uh, the whistleblowing cigarette movie too. Um, inside uh, the the guy, the one with Al Pacino and. Um, uh, Son of a woman. No, the one with Al Pacino and uh, Russell Crowe, uh, where it's a based on a true story. It's nah, not nah, whatever. Know. Anyways, uh, yeah, Band of the Hand is a great fun '80s flick to check out you can actually get it the same company that did uh the new kids blu-ray does a blu-ray for that uh and it's cheap it's like under under 10 bucks um it's worth checking out anyways i'm like oh it's michael carmine and and they're spitting their game and then cops show up and and he walks over to the cops trying to act all tough and you realize it's not the cops it's it's two of rostov's terrorists one of which being yeah uh, the dude who played Lightning in Big Trouble in Little China, and they take out their guns and they just oh by the way that guy's name is James Pax the guy from Big Big Trouble. In yes, China. yes, yep,
1: I um, looked him up. Yeah,
2: and so they just decimate this dude, they the, uh, uh, blast him, and they start shooting everybody.
1: But they have to leave witnesses. He's like the one the one yes. guy that's driving wants to just kind of go on a killing spree, and and he doesn't. And he's, he's aiming the gun at the reporter lady, and his uh, and Lightning says we got to leave witnesses, which I was like, okay, that's cool.
2: Yeah, that was cool because and, and it makes sense. So uh, for what what's about to happen, and they split, and then the dude, hit, hit the Michael Carmine's buddy. Uh, is holding the girl who I think he probably wanted to get with. And the way he's yeah, holding was, her, too, he's yeah. like caressing her head. And it's like, it's almost like he's having a
1: romantic moment with her. Well, she's screaming, she, Why? But she's like, Why? Why did this happen <laughs> to us? And I was, it was so over the top acting. Yeah, was I, was so like, oh, I was like, You're chewing up that scenery, girl. She's trying. <laughs>
2: she's trying hard. And then the real cops show up. And that's when you realize what they're doing, because yeah. now the, the the Cubans are like throwing shit at the car and telling them to get the fuck out because they don't want the cops, you know, because they and, think
1: the cops did it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense. And I'm like, oh, Rostov, it just wants to create chaos all over the United States
1: yeah and I found this to be very logical you know and I was like yeah. oh this is this is smart i'm I'm digging this i I get it and honestly I feel like we've seen it in so many modern movies of this sort of ilk or at least with people who are trying to take over things they they use chaos to their advantage and honestly it's it's smarter than it, than Invasion USA has any right to be. You know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> there's more thought to that yeah. than it has any right to have.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, but I think it's smart. Nevertheless, it's a cool yeah. idea and it's something yeah. that can be played upon. Uh, I mean, this shit, it, that shit goes down all the time with, with people distrusting the police now yeah. and you know, um, all the other chaos that goes on in our country because of dipshits in office but um that's a neither here nor there so after that we cut to hunter and i love this i love this scene it's it's uh chuck in his truck driving around in skid row uh and as he's driving around he's walking he's driving past uh hookers and drug dealers and people are like fuck you who the fuck are you get the fuck out of here <laughs> like throwing that's a shit at his part truck. of town bro no but it's it's such a hilarious scene because <laughs> They're just throwing shit at him. He doesn't even flinch, dude. Like he's just, he's like, because he's on a mission, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, I wonder how many takes this took for him not to laugh when they were yelling, fuck you at the car or like, who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you looking at? You know? <laughs> so he finally gets to this dirt, uh, dirt hole of a bar called Gill's Spot. And the owner slash bartender or whatever bouncer walk uh, confronts him as he walks in. And he's giving him shit. He's like, why are you here? And, you know, uh, and he's like, I'm looking for somebody. He's like, well, you, you got to pay for that. Or and, and, uh, and the guy's got a beer bottle in his hand. And Chuck just grabs the guy's hand while he's holding the beer bottle and crushes the beer bottle in the guy's fucking hand. I that love was that badass. moment. It's so
1: badass, dude. That, that was, that was awesome, bro. That was, that was fucking awesome. I dug the oh, hell. Dude, out
2: of I was like, Oh, Chuck, I love you. I love you, Chuck. And he's just looking around and he finds his buddy who's like another fellow mercenary. Uh, and you know, he's like, um, he's like, what's going on in the world? And they're kind of commiserating about it. And, uh, and he's looking and he's like, I need to find Rostov. And, and he's like, well, Rostov's not nowhere to be found. And, uh, he's like, no, he's here. And, and, uh, and he's like, well, he might be at this place called the, I think I think he tells him like the bar that he's he's gonna go to next. And uh and then as he leaves, I love this. The guy yells at Chuck, he goes, See you in hell and Chuck goes, Send you a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I loved it. I do love that dude. I do love when any time uh someone says goodbye by saying, I'll see you in hell is is always a, a pleasing thing to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love it, dude. And his response is it's just like he's so matter of fact about it, so cool, calm and collected. And then uh we kick back to the, the the club, the Cuban club where all the chaos had gone on and the FBI's there and McGuire's there.
1: And you kind of find out that there's other things happening around like um the you know, the, the FBI I think at this point mentions that this is kind of like indicative of what's going on all over the place right now.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah, because right after that scene they, they cut to uh Rostov and he's uh he's you know watching the news and and it's just everything there's just chaos everywhere it's getting worse in the world and um and then we cut back to this yeah that's right the club is called king cobra that's where uh, the mercenary uh tells chuck to go and he you cut back to this this club where this dude outside of king cobra is washing his car this big guy big like menacing kind of looking dude uh with a tank top on and he's he's checking he's washing his car everything's great and the terrorists roll up and uh and the guy who got shot by uh john eagle earlier in the movie in the hand he he's got this big fucking smile on his face with the other terrorists and um and as they're walking in like the guy washing his car is like they're kind of back going back and forth with each other like hey man watch with, what what you know what what the fuck you doing or watch what you're doing or some shit like that
1: because well, they rolled over their, they knocked over their, um they knocked over their bucket when they that's drove right. up when that's the guy right. washing his car they knocked over the bucket yeah
2: yeah that's right and and he's all pissed off about that <laughs> him and his
1: him and his beefcake friend
2: yeah his beefcake friend who's like just this useless, roided up, up mess. You uh, you tagged me in uh, in some photo uh, of the Barbarian Brothers in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I think their names are like uh, Aaron Paul and Don Paul or the Paul Brothers, I think. Uh, and they were just these two muscle bound oafs who did uh, a few movies, DC Cab they had a cameo in and someone thought it was a good idea to give them a few movies of their own. And they're just shitty ass actors yeah. and no, no, I'm sure they would be the first to say, yeah, we're not very good actors. It's just these muscle band dudes. And, um, you tagged me in this photo and people, and it's so funny, the love that this movie gets. Cause <laughs> the I, barbarian uh, brothers. Yeah. Cause I'm like that movie sucked, dude. Come on. It's all <laughs> the same people that like cyborg. Like
1: dude, nostalgia is a hell of a drug buddy i yeah. mean i i thought i liked cyborg until i saw it so you know you gotta you, sometimes people gotta rewatch these things yeah and, <laughs> and I that's will what say, we're doing it for you yeah i have to
2: and here we are nostalgia being a drug for me and watching invasion usa again and i'm like yeah this movie's goofy as shit and it's got plot holes all over the place but man i'm having such a good time because it's so <laughs> silly and what it's about to happen in this next scene makes me laugh even harder because it's just so great so um i, I started calling Tomas is his name. I call him Smiley because he's just got this big grin on his face. And this this horror comes up to him in the bar. And he's like, uh, bro,
1: first off, I think you did you say it um, on the wrap up after dark? Or did you tell me offline that this movie didn't have any nudity in it?
2: I think I might have said that on Wrap Up After Dark,
1: yeah. Well, yeah, but that was uh, wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Dude, that chick dancing on, on the fucking bar when he walks in? Man, those, that rack was amazing, I bro. Guess,
2: I guess when I say nudity, I, I judge it by the amount of
1: time it's on screen. and, it, uh, and She it's... was dancing naked for like four minutes during that scene. <laughs> for four minutes. It's
2: a it's like a 10-second scene, <laughs> yeah. dude. And, okay, well— you might have slowed it down for four minutes if that's how long it <laughs> takes. But, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. It only takes me three. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh shit. Okay. So, so, uh, so yeah, smiley, <laughs> smiley goes to get laid and the other terrorists are like, you know, we don't got time for this. And he's like, cool out, man. Cause they got to be somewhere, which you're going to find out in a minute. And, uh, and so smiley goes upstairs and with his with his uh whore and with his whore and sure. uh, his whore he goes up there and she and he's kind of being rough with her and she's like watch it you know be careful and uh and yelling at him and and they're getting ready to party and smiley has his hand on the on the the counter like this this little side table in the hotel room and out of nowhere Chuck just fucking puts a knife through his
0: hand
1: and in the, in the table just, just, whack, just comes out of nowhere. Cause I guess Chuck was in the bathroom area <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. again. Waiting Chuck knows exactly where to be this whole movie. <laughs> of course is he Chuck does. Knowing exactly where to be. Chuck to make knows the everything. plot.
2: The plot thicken. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, but yeah, he puts his, he, he puts a knife right through that guy's hand. That was cool. It, I it was dug that. So
2: fucking cool. And so <laughs> i love this. Cause I wrote down these lines because they're so great. And so as this is going on, the girl's screaming, we find out that the guy washing his car is like the bouncer of the place. He rolls upstairs and uh, he's,
3: <laughs> he hits
2: the guy back. He just like pushes him back or kicks him back. Right. And, uh, and 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 he's like, you know, I'll be back. And he goes, he goes, what does he say?
1: Uh, I I actually posted it on our Instagram. Okay, well, uh, today because <laughs> <well>, what, <laughs> what
2: Chuck said because the guy's like you know I, I'll I'll be back and he goes I'm gonna hit you so I'm gonna hit you with so many rights you're gonna beg for a left. Yep, <laughs> yep, dude, yep. <laughs> and the guy just runs off after that, <laughs> which is dude, so
1: fucking it, it's- funny. I mean, he, he, that was such a great line and the way he kind of just delivers that line yeah, is, is absolutely amazing. But yeah, dude, that was, that was awesome. And then the way the guy just like sort of runs off. Yeah.
2: He scurries off because, 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 uh, yeah. Cause I think he says something like, you know, you know, I'll be back. And and he's he's like, you sure about that? Cause, and then that's when he delivers the line. But, uh, the, the dude, Victor is his name. Victor comes back with his beefcake friend uh,
1: and-, <laughs> and, and I love how the beefcake just, he just gets swolled up. He's like, mm. cause like, that's all beefcakes do. They just like, I'm going to swell up. Chuck drops his ass so quick with a kick right to the sternum that I, I kind of <laughs> like, I almost got the sense that Chuck was using this as like a training thing yeah. of saying like, you don't need to be big and tall and big, like big and muscular to actually, you know, do damage. Like you can be like a normal person. Yeah. And cause Which that guy. That guy was ridiculous, and that guy he was, ridiculous. was ridiculously big, and yeah. then he got taken out ridiculously quick. Yeah,
2: Chuck just nails him with a... And that's all you need. Let's be honest. That's all you need sometimes is one strong kick or one strong punch, and the guy goes down because he <laughs> just went down, and Chuck pulls a grenade out and puts the grenade in Tomas's other hand, the one that's not knifed in the end table, and he tells him if you live through this, you tell Rostov it's time to die, and he walks off. And uh, and the dude throws he he has to pull his hand off the knife, first of all. To, to take to to take the pin out or whatever or to throw the grenade I think or something.
1: No, like. he didn't, no his hand was still stuck there. Oh, he that's just, right. He just I was like you know what I was like oh I was like oh yeah this is going to be some kind of like fun sort of you know explosiony thing and then uh, the guy just throws the grenade out the window I was like oh oh you know what that's that was smart I yeah. probably would not have thought to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I would have guy, I would have panicked. But the guy, the guy just, serves a purpose coming out. Yeah, he just throws it out the window. I was like oh cool good good job dude you're smarter <laughs> but, than I thought you were. Gonna
2: but be. he happens to throw it out the window into the car of the dude yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. bouncer's car that he's washing and it blows yeah. up the car which again is another funny fucking moment tongue in cheek like you know ha ha <laughs> done
1: yeah I enjoyed that I, I definitely enjoyed that little that little scene and like and how it ended I, I dug that
2: yeah it was great I just love that uh that again there's this, you know you're laughing at one minute you're going oh shit and the la- next minute you're laughing your ass off because it's so absurd more absurdity is about to follow because <laughs> from here we cut to the shopping mall. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Where we're following this little – I wrote—I just wrote down cool kid because this kid walking around, he just thinks he's cool. Like <laughs> He looks like a little punk-ass shit. He looks uh, like a
1: little shit from 1985.
2: Yeah, totally. He kind of reminds me a little of the, the blonde kid from Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Um, you know, the main, the main kid just with that floppy
1: hair. Mm-hmm. Give, give the return of the living dead part two kid a little bit of credit. This, oh, this kid was a D bag.
2: Well, no, this kid was a total. This, I think in, in aesthetics, like in looks, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so he's, yeah, he's walking through the, through the shopping mall spots, this sweet Toyota, like four by four truck. And, uh, as, as in back in the day, for those of you that were not old enough to remember, Uh, In shopping malls, there would be a random car just shown off to either win, possibly, or to show off as a new car for, you know, 2000 or 1986. The new, yeah. next model, yeah. you know,
1: 2019. It's from the future. It would probably look like Elon Musk's truck or whatever, <laughs> dude. I want but, that uh, if it came thing. out in 1985. Yeah,
2: it's the 2086 but, model.
1: Yeah. So you know, what's you know, it's sad though. Kids probably do understand this because. In Stranger Things season three, they had a car in the mall, so okay. the kids are probably like, "Oh, oh, yeah, I totally understand that." Like out of all the everything in the movie, they probably get that.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll give you. I'll give you that. Yeah. That. That's true. That's true. And and and, and Bravo for Stranger Things for keeping the in- integrity of 1985 alive.
1: So uh, <laughs> the, the integrity of our of our shopping malls.
2: <laughs> yes, of course. So there's all this beautiful shopping going on, and and the uh, security guards watching this kid as he's checking out this. Truck and he's, the kid's chewing a big wad of gum. And then the security guard looks away. The kid takes his gum out and throws it at the car. Which <laughs> again, I think is fucking hilarious, dude. Bro,
1: bro, but they spend a good two minutes on this scene with the the, the security guard looking at him and everything. They could have get, they could have taken this out and given us some more backstory or something.
2: <laughs> I know, but I, I liked it. I was like, I'm okay with this. I, there's a Rambo. I'll watch Rambo. If I want a good backstory, Rambo first blood, which has a beautiful backstory, beautiful backstory and beautiful back. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, the the security guard runs after the kid uh, and he bumps uh, knocks into this the psycho dude from earlier in the movie who who could not stop shooting people on the boat. Um, he's
1: the he's the crazy Russian yeah, dude. Crazy Russian, and dude. he and he looks like every Russian from the eighties. Like yeah. not not every Russian, but he looks like for some reason it's the way you think Russians look. So like he'll have like the close cropped hair, but it's not like a buzz cut, and then he'll have those glasses. Yeah. And it's maybe it's because. There was an epi- episode on uh Seinfeld where there was like a this guy got labeled gets labeled a communist or whatever. And that <clears> guy <throat> kind of looks like this guy cuz he's got those round glasses or whatever. Yeah. There's just a certain look. And even even the what was Dimitri? What was the guy's name in Stranger Things season 3 that everyone oh, yeah. loved? Yeah. He yeah. kind of looks like Dimitri actually. He's yeah, got it's, he's like
2: this permy type permy hair.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 kind of like uh, I heard another podcast talking about it I think it was uh, the CrossRip Ghostbusters podcast but they were talking about how no matter where in the world you go like you always hear the same uh, frog that that one frog and it's, it's actually it's from like South America or something but like it's the frog that everyone knows every time you see a, a bird fly over you hear that same canned yeah. sound there's like a there's a movie language uh, that us as a society that kind of like we everyone just sort of says oh yeah that's that and I feel Like, yeah, we make Russians look like there's like these three or four different templates that we use. Yeah, and he, this one was one of them of of the archetype, the Russian archetype template. Oh yeah,
2: and and again, this movie was one of a handful that set the standard for the cliche, right? uh, That we we've come to know and and hopefully love because it's so uh, over the top absurd.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, and and it should be noted uh, multiple times during this episode, like, you know, since I'm watching it new with fresh eyes, that a lot of things that I am looking at as cliché was not cliché at the time. No, no. Or it was maybe just starting to be, but it wasn't as goofy, and, like, it wasn't what we all made fun of. Like, I mean, this is what it became to be, but this is what started it, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, and this movie, I mean... for ne- back then might not have been perceived as as much fun as it's in my opinion perceived now. Now I look right. at him just like, Oh yeah. wow, this is almost two hours long. It doesn't feel like it because it goes, it goes by so fast because all the craziness that goes on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the Ru- Ru- uh, Russian trigger trigger uh, is walking around with this bomb uh, that looks like a package. And he, and he passes this couple that's shopping uh, and he drops off, drops the package near them and walks off and the guy this is i love this scene it's hilarious because the guy's like sir hey hey you you dropped your baggage hey buddy and he starts walking after the guy and and the and the 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 terrorist starts running and so he starts running after
1: i put it i put on my notes i was like this guy is putting in way too much effort (laughs) i would not have put in this much effort dude
2: wouldn't you get that at that point like the guy clearly does not want to be near the bomb that's about to go (laughs)
1: Well, I, I, yeah, I know. Right. Well, and it's ticking, too, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, even if you didn't even notice the ticking sound, I would you I would expect the guy would have just been like, huh, that's weird. And just kind of like stood there with the bag, you know. Yeah.
2: But but, you know, what ends up happening is, uh, the, you know, the the kind of run by the security guard or and, and then and the next thing you know, there's other terrorists there and they just start sh- fucking shooting everybody.
1: Yeah, with their yeah, they just start gunning people down. That guy gets gunned down. The Good Samaritan gets gunned down. The security guard gets gunned down. But the you bomb know, blows it, up. The bomb goes off. Although it's not as impressive as, no, as I not. thought it was going to be. No, um, but they apparently they did have the mall. The the this mall was going to be demolished. So it's another set that they were actually able to just sh- destroy. And it's wow. amazing because yeah. all of a sudden yeah. here comes Chuck Norris to the Fucking rescue.
2: Matt Hunter drives in with his truck and just drives into and, this dude.
1: And <laughs> dude, yeah, oh, all right, all right. So first off, first off, I was like, my note is is how does he know to be there, right? Like how does it, Chuck know to Chuck be Norris. there? <laughs> um see, yeah, needs, I know. You need and, uh, to stop
2: asking that question, dude. Yeah,
1: no. I mean I have it written down thirty more times, <laughs> but at this point we just established yeah, he's got like He's got like plot ESP. Like he just needs to know where to be. But <laughs> yeah, he does. I love first off his truck is bulletproof, yeah. so he busts <laughs> it's through. Badass. Y- you got. You got four goons like shooting at him right and then he goes barreling at this one goon and this guy's just like why is this happening like how are you not dead and then he finally gives up and just does the ah you know like it gets, gets rammed right but you gotta yeah. imagine like like put yourself in the head of, of that goon he's like yeah. i'm shooting the shit out of this car it's coming at me like just like why is logic not working? Why is like laws of physics not working? Then it's just like you give up on life. You just throw your gun down and (laughs) you just get run over.
2: Well, because when dealing with Chuck Norris, there are laws of physics do not apply. Clearly. So, so, and then Chuck jumps out of his truck and this is the appearance of his sweet leather holsters with his Uzis and just starts blasting everybody with his Uzis. It's so awesome. And psycho dude, um, psycho trigger guy, jumps in that sweet truck it's a nissan actually it's like this yeah it's off-roading. like a nissan
1: yeah off road type of thing or something yeah and then it's Hunter, pretty cool looking actually yeah, and, and real real quick yeah, yeah uh matt hunter's uh truck is really cool too
2: oh i wanted a truck like that so bad like he always had this cool like a bronco or like a, a ranger or some badass truck or like kind of suv back in the day uh, yeah, his definitely takes the cake. But uh, the 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 guy drives off and Hunter uh, Matt Hunter jumps on to the side of the truck. Now, at this point, doing his own stunts like you see Chuck shits flying in his face. They drive through the front of the mall. I yeah, have a the, feeling that might have been a stunt double when yeah, they that, through the glass.
1: that was the only stunt double that I could see was when, at the very end, when they drove through the the, the doors, that was a yeah. stunt double. But the rest of it was just Chuck hanging on and, yeah, again, dude. another super impressive scene. I'm yeah. like, wow, that's really cool. And and But then I also love... Uh, you know, when the truck blasts through the, the front door and then <laughs> yeah. just like runs yes. into that other that other car, yes. and those people kind of like start like giving a mouth. <laughs>
2: the two chicks, the two chicks who I labeled yeah. as like typical club chicks, like right mouthy club chicks, like what the fuck? Like what's your problem? Oh my God. You know? But I
1: love I love when when they <laughs> when the Russians start shooting back at Chuck and everything. There's yeah. a security guard in his little like that three wheel vehicle. You know, <laughs> yes, yeah. he's he's riding down. He just turns right around and, turn, and goes back. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that I was funny. You. That was funny in the background. Like it, you know, like it was in the background. And I was like, yeah. that's good. That's good humor right there.
2: Yeah, I think again, I think that might have been intentional. You know. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah, that
1: was yeah.
2: And so so the the two mouthy chicks are mouthing off at the terrorists. The Terrorist grabs one by her fucking hair, and he just drives off with her.
1: <laughs> yes, I did not expect <laughs> on the side that. Of as truck. A human shield. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it's so great. And 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 um, Maguire This is the you know one of the few reasons why she serves a purpose. because uh, she
1: magically shows up here as well. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's everyone magically shows up where they need to be at yeah. to move the plot forward. Essentially,
2: yeah. She she shows up and uh, and Chuck and her hop in this Mustang and drive off chasing Trigger in his Nissan with the chick still hanging on the side of the truck. And as they're going like 65 down a 25, you know, mile per hour per hour street and, uh, and, and Chuck uh, uh, makes McGuire go out and like try to grab the girl as they're shooting back and forth at at each other. And it's funny because he totally puts his hand on her ass like to, to 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 quote hold her yeah to steady uh, her yeah <laughs> yeah but i'm like he's you know just fucking puts a big old hand on there and uh and, and and they're trying they're like struggling back and forth to get the girl from 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 trigger and they finally do and now it's it's chuck versus the truck and Wait, can i ask you a question yeah, is yeah. that
1: russian guy's name trigger
2: no i just made that up
1: oh, okay got it got it okay yeah. So sure.
2: so uh, so. Trigger has. I meant to. I, I forgot to mention that Trigger has a guy sitting, uh, you know, shotgun with him. Yeah, also a completely blasting.
1: ineffectual goon.
2: Yes, who is more uh, ineffectual uh, to Chuck than he is to his own truck? Because in a minute <laughs> he goes to pull a grenade, and Chuck rams the, the the truck, and the grenade falls on the floor of the truck. <laughs> It blows up the truck, and they're both dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's it. They're all dead. But uh, uh, the the girl did get the other girl like back yes, onto the yes. car or whatever. McGuire, yeah, Maguire, I that Maguire sc- grabbed the chick. I thought that whole scene was was interesting. Um, I very much enjoyed it, although. So so right when he grabbed the girl, right when the girl uh, was it Mackenzie? What's her name?
2: Mac- oh, McGuire.
1: The- McGuire the the. Reporter. Right when the reporter grabbed the hapless girl that was being used as a shield. Chuck Norris, I thought, should then slow down his car, right, because he knew yeah. that the guys in the vehicle that he was going against had guns, right, and yeah. he's now got two ladies in a convertible Mustang. But no, yeah. no, he speeds up, <laughs> and right at the same time, like the guys, like the other goons, kind of actually has his gun sort of reloaded. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I mean, that other goon should just shoot him, just shoot ahead, yeah. you know. But but yeah, Chuck Chuck doesn't allow that to happen. But yeah, other other <laughs> than that, I was like, oh. I was like, okay, that's a little silly, but other than that, it was a fun scene. It was a really fun scene.
2: It is at the end of the scene is a little. It, 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 it's, it's funny because the the chick who was the human shield, she's clearly like a stunt chick. And, yeah, and yeah, she's clearly she's like kind of grizzled beefy, looking. A and and, yeah, yeah. yeah, a little strong looking. <laughs> and the look on her face was just like. <sighs> like she like just she like looked annoyed yeah, in the back seat of
0: the car
1: <laughs> it's it's yeah it's anytime you ever have a stunt person like playing an actual role yeah it, it, they always you know they never do a great job acting unless you're the girl from um death proof or something you know yeah, like oh, the, the one that uh uh quinn tarantino loves zoe bell i think is. yeah name? so there you go unless you're zoe bell yeah i love her
2: i think she's hot but uh oh yeah
1: no i, I think she's great too
2: yeah uh but so from there we we cut back to Tomas, who uh, Smiley, who got the knife in his hand, who threw the grenade out earlier at King Cobras. Uh, you know, he's alive. He's still alive, and he's he's confronted by Rostov, and Rostov's like, you know, you were supposed to be at the mall, and like you weren't there, and you know why was that? And uh, and and Smiley is, you know, at this point he's like. You know, he's trying to tell Rostov what had happened. And he says, well, you know, Hunter has a message for you. And he says, you know, it's time to die. And right after that, you take it away. (laughs) Take it away, sleazy.
1: (laughs) Rostov shoots his dick off. He just just pulls his gun. Blah, 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 blah. He just shoots the man's dick off again. I almost made Zack spit his beer out. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so great. I love it, dude. I love Rostov just shooting dicks everywhere.
2: Rostov, come on Rostov you know? Come on Rostov
1: <laughs> And then Nico's like Nico's like what are you doing No and he's no, like No my lover what are you doing Yeah and, and then I think this is when like 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 uh, Rostov's kind of going to go off the handle. Like, I'm going to kill this hunter. Like uh, Matt Hunter. And that's when, you know, uh, we find out that, you know, Rostov is in fact the white knight for the bad guys. Yes. And that he, he's the only one keeping everyone together sort of thing.
2: And when that happens, I'm like, dude, Nico, you've got a serious boner for this
1: guy. did that, that that begs the question then what's the point of Nico then like if Rostov dies everyone's just going to bail like then what's the point of you bro he keeps N-
2: Nico keeps Rostov in check right that's right. what i'm assuming he's he's, he's, he's like slob-
1: he his, his knob to keep him in yeah, check yes slobs his now, knob you know <laughs> honestly i'm not going to lie to you if <laughs> If they were actually gay, like if the, that was the story, they were gay lovers. I would think that would be pretty freaking cool. Actually, I
2: would totally be fine with that. And in fact, I think that would be. Uh, it would add more to the the the, the, the further the stereotypes I, in this have movie.
1: We, have we <laughs> ever had a a villain uh, like a gay villain duo in like an action movie?
2: I feel like we did. I feel like I feel like it's been done before. Okay, um, I just don't remember where. I I, I, I feel.
1: I guess the I guess the bigger question is: Have we ever had a a, a gay uh, hero in the action movie? Is is probably a, a better thing to have, right? No, but
2: there should one there should be if there hasn't been. Two, I feel like there has been a gay gay villains before. Yeah. Uh, in in the movie Face Off, were they brothers? Was uh was you remember when Travolta and Cage
1: swap faces, and. Um, and became the, face off. You mean, yeah? <laughs> you but know, like, the, I love how you're like. I thought you were gonna say something that like I might not have remembered. But you're like, well, no, you remember but, that movie Face Off when Nicolas Cage and John Trafalto switched faces?
3: Yeah,
2: were they gay? Or, with, were they gay? No, but but uh, Cage was the villain in that, right? He was the yeah, villain. Yeah, yeah. Was was that his the other like lead villain in that? Was that his
1: brother? That that was. I think that was his brother. Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Because that 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 flashed in my head for a moment, but that's the only one I could think
0: of.
1: I feel yeah, like I somewhere. I feel like Marvel maybe Marvel has done it but but you know are making like a hero gay or whatever but I th- honestly it would be kind of cool to see see like an action movie like this or or you know like a, a Die Hard but with the main lead you know uh being gay but not having it like be a big deal like you know what I mean I think yeah. that'd be a be a cool thing.
2: Yeah, why not? I mean, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just do, do it. <laughs> <laughs> so so you're from like, that, that was a tangent I was not expecting to go no, on. I'm like, well, how do we go down this road without getting in trouble? Um, and then from the, from there, the FBI is at the mall. The FBI is always like after the fact. And they, and they just utter the line, like the National Guard are in town. And uh, they're looking for the hero, you know. And uh, at that point, you're like, wait. Matt Hunter is the one who's doing shit about what's going on. And you want to arrest the one guy who's actually cleaning up, taking out the trash, so to speak. Right. And they say like, you know, Hunter got his truck out of impound. Right. That his, his truck was, uh, was, uh, locked up, but he, he's I think they like mentioned some line. Like he got his truck out of the impound. Some guy mm. came in the middle of the night and grabbed the truck out of impound or something like mm. that. Cause that, okay. that was the, that moved, that explained how he got his truck back from being stuck in the
1: mall. Oh, right, right. Okay, yeah, right? good call. <clears throat> I didn't even—yeah, I actually didn't even think about that. It it literally didn't even occur to me. But thank well, you I, for clearing it up. I
2: don't feel like they needed to explain it at this point, but no. they did. It was no, definitely no, it, mentioned.
1: It, it, that's— that's what confuses me about this movie. <laughs> there's so much stuff they choose not to explain, but they take the time to explain how Chuck Norris got his truck back. And right. I didn't even track it. Because well, yeah,
2: that, that's the one thing that to me matters, like how did Chuck sure. get his truck back? Sure. But uh, at this point now, there's checkpoints all over Atlanta, uh, and the city is now being locked down. Yeah.
1: question when did did the movie move from <laughs> the everglades florida to atlanta? yeah florida to atlanta like it they're was, right next
2: to each other they're right next. no to i each other. no I,
1: I i totally get it but like at the beginning it was so very much like florida but yeah. there was no like there was no mention that they were moving west or like like it just all of a sudden they're in atlanta right like we just got to just suspend disbelief and just be yeah like, okay, i Chuck think so. just made his way there
2: because the they the implied that the terrorists were moving out all over the United States.
1: Right. Okay. But, but I we guess never so, saw like Chuck, like do a road trip, you know? No, we didn't
2: have that, you know, shitty ass Lalo Schifrin music from the new yeah. kids to, to set yeah. up the one scene leading into the next. But, uh, but yeah, now, so, so Chuck's driving around the city almost looks like they used the same footage of him driving around in his truck that they used in earlier when he's getting yelled at by the prostitutes and he shows and he gets uh stuck by the military and you think, Oh, the military's come to arrest Chuck Norris well it, ter- it turns out it's Koyo uh, which is the lightning storm his character's name is Koyo and he and his other terrorist buddies try to take out Chuck but Chuck takes them down and uh, and Chuck walks over to Koyo and he's you know questioning him he's like where's Rostov?" and the guy screams at him in, in Japanese and uh, and he's like no Chuck says you feel like talking? And he screams at him in Japanese. And he's like, "I didn't think so." <laughs> takes-
1: and I, lo- dude, that was so badass. I, and I love Chuck Norris's Uzis in this man. I think they're awesome. Oh, yeah. but I love how he just—it's—he like. He flicks his wrist over over yeah. Koyo's body with the Uzi. Yeah. It's yeah. it's awesome. It's really effective. Like how he just and he's just like the dude was dead. Like just yeah. you could just tell like twenty bullets just in him. I was yeah. like that was really cool. I dug yeah. that. It's so
2: great. And so the other dude immediately gives up where Rostov is. Well, he didn't. He doesn't immediately. He's like I don't know. And then he's then he goes in a little deeper to get him. And and the guy gives up where Rostov is, where he thinks he is. Uh, cut to cops telling people to you know get out the streets and it's a lockdown. And you see this family of three, like in the inner city, they like look, sneaking. Like they, yeah, they just sneaking around. Like they just got off the plane for, to go to fucking Disney World or something. And uh, they're trying to find a church, you know. And they get into this church, and who shows up with a bazooka? But Rostov, or no, yeah, no, Rostov shows up with a with a bomb, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, and then that's when they find out that uh, Hunter's looking for him. and you know, uh, and so they take off. But the dudes that are he leaves some of his terrorist dudes behind to blow up the church. And, uh, so Rostov and Nico split and the church is singing. I remember, cause I had the subtitles on too. It says, uh, rock of ages. Yes. And I'm like, Oh, the deaf leopard song. I love that song. Wait, <laughs> no, Oh, wait. Oh,
1: that's a religious song. I didn't... Dude. I had the exact <laughs> same thought because I had cause, cause we I had, cause I had the same brain. <laughs> I know. And I was like, huh? Rock of ages. I was like, uh, I did not know that that was the name. Of, like I, like you, I was like, "Are we talking about the play, or is this the is this the Def Leopard song?" I did not know that was the name of the hymn or whatever the hell that was. Well, because
0: they say "Rock
2: of Ages," na na na, and that's in "They Live." They're singing "Rock of Ages." That's oh, the hymn okay. that they're singing in the church when Roddy Piper finds the sunglasses for the first time. Na okay. na, na na and I'm like, "What well, can, can we just?"
0: Instead, go Rock of Ages.
1: Nah, yeah. nah, nah,
0: nah. I, just, great, I just, I just couldn't believe
1: that that was the name of the song, and I, and I can't believe that I learned that in Invasion USA subtitles.
2: <laughs> Chuck Norris wanted you to learn that. He did. He, he did. Yeah, he did. He willed it. So, uh, so the the terrorists are getting ready to to detonate this bomb, which is going to eviscerate this church. And they push but, the button. But to, will
1: it though? Uh, once it blows, but will it? Yeah, really? I know it going to be
2: like poof. Uh, so, so they push the button and nothing happens, and then suddenly uh, the, the briefcase gets thrown down in their lap, <laughs> practically from above. <laughs> it's Chuck, and he's like, "Bro, didn't work, huh? Didn't work. Huh? Now, it will? Boo,
1: <laughs> bro. Ah, ah. A. First off, A. So they the guy puts the briefcase down <laughs> in front of the door of the church then yeah. it, there's a cord there's a yeah. cord that runs giant all the white way back. Cord. Yeah. It's not it's not remote control, it's a cord. So, yeah. how did they not see <laughs> that cord sliding to the right? Like, you know what I mean as Chuck grabs it and takes it up the stair like and so then he has to he has to go up <laughs> the outside because he can't go inside the building because yeah. the cord would get cut off. And so he gave it enough slack so they wouldn't see it move. And then when he throws it down on him and it blows up, it doesn't do jack shit. And I'm like, oh, that would have barely blown those fucking giant oak doors off, man. That would have done, like, the the hymn singing Rock of Ages, there would have been, like, outside all you hear is this little boom, And they are like, oh, what's that? <laughs> Completely ineffectual. I hated that scene. This was, yeah. I did not like that scene at he all. He got
2: the job done. He killed off who it needed to kill off. So, you know, effective for me. So- <laughs>
1: No, no. See, this is... I, will, I will not give you that one.
2: <laughs> well, we uh, we cut out to we cut to the next scene of uh, a grocery store where people are freaking out because there's no supplies for 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 anyone. Basically, the reaction Corey had after he watched that scene, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, McGuire's there, fucking taking pictures, and the military show up, and it's Nico. Nico cool. is now,
1: and I and I like how there's a good like. Eh, probably you know realistically thirty seconds, forty five seconds. It's not even yeah. a minute, but it's the the military guys show up in the background, and you just think that they're that they're normal military. But yeah. then and they don't like sort of focus in on them, but you sort of see from from uh, Jesus the photographer's eyes that yeah, you know, maybe we should be noticing them, but again there's some good shots where there's a little bit of ominous things happening that you just don't pick up on immediately or they're like trying to hide it so then when there's there is the reveal that it's nico you're a little bit you know you're like oh okay but there's these little moments of of goodness right like these little interesting moments like this one here where they kind of like it's it's sort of in the background and i wish they would have leaned into the, the the suspense a little bit more i think yeah, I
2: I I mean they saved it they saved it for what was about to happen next I think. Uh but they could have built a lot more tension around it yeah. which which they should have. I agree, but uh but they didn't and uh <laughs> and they just start shooting everybody and and they and Nico uh Hunter shows up just in time, right?
1: And Yes, of
2: course. Of course he does and Nico grabs Maguire. Uh, at first, I'm like, who did he grab? Oh, he grab. I thought he grabbed some, like, checker from the grocery store because she was so dressed in this weird, like, sundress. I'm like, wait, is that what a reporter wears? But whatever. Uh, he grabs her, and this is fucking awesome because he's got a gun to her head, oh, and Hunter this. just sneaks up behind Nico, pulls the gun back, pulls the trigger, <laughs> blasts his own brain out.
1: <laughs> I thought that was very <laughs> slick. I thought that was cool as hell. Yeah. Like, I... I, I I totally dug that. I was like, "That's cool," because he—he you he don't even—I mean, you know Chuck Norris is coming up from behind him, right? Yeah. And I thought that like you were gonna see like you know a gun go to the back of Nico's head and and you hear Chuck Norris saying, "Drop it," right? Yeah. No, he grabs it, grabs the gun so quickly that by the time Nico pulls the trigger, the gun's already aiming at his own head, <laughs> his own <dumb And>, temple, <laughs> which is funny because uh, they kind of. Ripped that off in Predators, did you? I'm sorry, not um, shoot the very last one, the Predator. There you go, the one that was. um, Did you ever see that? I unfortunately did, yeah, yeah. Remember the main bad guy at one point? He had the shoulder mounted Predator cannon on his shoulder, dude. And and he was about to shoot, and then the girl like yelled his name, so he looked and it tracked with his head and it blew his own head off. Essentially, I was like, you know what? I was like, I feel like Shane Black. Kind of like went with this with that, you know, like kind of uh, uh, mined Invasion USA a little bit with that one. But I really thought this was slick. I thought that was really cool how he grabbed the gun and blew his own brains
2: out. I would not be surprised if he totally mined that. Because I feel like he's just
1: mining everything now. Yeah. He's just like, dude, yeah. Shane, yeah. come on, sadly, come on, I can know.
2: we go back to kiss, kiss? No, okay, whatever. Yeah. So um,
1: my question to you yeah. is, when Chuck was walking back to his car, his pickup truck, yes. and I the girl throws the metal, <laughs> the metal trash can lid at him, barely misses him for like <laughs> yeah. realsies. Yeah, she's all like, pissed, right? But, but, dude, holy shit! Like, like, what if that really clocked Chuck Norris in the back of the head, though?
2: Well, yeah, she, she's an idiot. She's totally an idiot. She's really annoying, more annoying now than she was before, because now she's pissed after he saved her fucking life. Ungrateful. And, and, and she, yeah, she throws that lid at and almost takes him out. Fortunately, it didn't because it's Chuck Norris. It would not, it would never would have, never would have because he's Chuck but Norris.
1: Dude, I, I watched that scene twice. So it, right, it's not her throwing it right. Yeah. Like it, they cut, you know? Um, But yeah. like, I assume, but I assume that's Chuck Norris walking. Although. Yeah. You know as well as I do, if you don't ever see the actor's face, there's still—it could be suspect. And I wondered if that was actually a stunt double because that lid went, like, inches over that person's head. And If it is Chuck's, and and he didn't even— Flinch, but if that was off by like two inches down, I would have hit him in the back of the head with a metal trash can lid.
2: I mean, it could have been. They they might have shot that scene like after the fact, maybe like doing pickup shots after the movie was done, yeah, uh, potentially. But that looked like Chuck's butt. But uh, you know
1: know what? I'm not gonna lie, it did look like Chuck's butt. (laughs) I was like, I was like, I know it's Chuck because it's his butt. That's his butt. So,
2: but I love, I love the line because she's, she's, she's so pissed off at him, and she's like, you know, screw you, Hunter, or whatever she says, screw you, cowboy. And uh, and he goes. You said do something.
1: <laughs> terrible, absolutely terrible. It's awesome.
2: No, it's fantastic. So uh, so at this point now, the original family that we saw huddling into the church earlier are now it's daytime, and uh, all the kids are getting on buses. They are putting their kid on a bus, basically sending their kids away to be protected which is with, absurd, but with it, no adults, on no, the bus dude. whatsoever. No. I was
1: like, this is very problematic right yeah. here. There's, there's no adult supervision. They're just singing row, row, row your boat. Yes. First off, first off that bus driver is going to snap <laughs> and kill them all.
2: It's so great. Cause they're, they're driving on a road to nowhere. Uh, they're driving in that road that, uh, Lucio Fulci used in the movie, the beyond that just like <laughs> that freeway that just goes to nowhere. And, um, and the terrorists show up and put a fucking bomb on the kids bus and hunter rolls up just in time Da-na-na-na. And it, I think it as he rolls up, and as the bomb says, 191 seconds, and it's moving so damn fast. It's yeah, not that's a f- second. It's yeah. like half a second.
1: I know. That was a fast counter, dude. <laughs> yeah. so, I was like, somebody botched that one, because that yeah. that's that's counting way too <laughs> fast. Totally.
2: They sped up the camera or something, because <laughs> because now Hunter's stuck in traffic. And it's like I, I wrote, time's a ticking, because it's now down to 89 seconds. And, uh, and Hunter finally gets out of the traffic, goes faster. It's now at 79 seconds. Hunter sneaks up on the bomb. It's at 29 seconds. Grabs the bomb off the bus, drives up, speeds up past the bus up to the terrorists, And he says, you lose this? And he drops the bomb in the the car, or puts the bomb on the car, drives off with one second left, and boom! Yeah. (laughs) So awesome, dude, because at that point, you're just like, oh, my God. Like. (laughs) These guys are idiots because every time they try to do something with carnage, it's it's a saturday it's a Saturday Night Live It's MacGruber, you know.
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a it's a comedy of errors. Yeah,
2: but but th- at the time, it was like I think it was all supposed to elicit a yeah, fuck yeah, America. Yeah. yeah. So take yourself back to 1985 when we hadn't parodied any of this shit. Hot Shots hadn't come out yet. Le- uh, Loaded Weapon One hadn't come out yet. All we knew was this. And so, of course, you're going to be like, yeah. I remember as a kid yelling at the movie theater like,
0: fuck yeah, Chuck Norris. Get it
2: done, you know.
0: <laughs> Get it done, Chuck. Yay. Go after
2: them. <gasps> so we cut from that. We cut to melancholy, Chuck, because we're now at a carnival or some sort of like amusement park. And Hunter, Matt Hunter sees the aftermath of an explosion that had apparently killed a bunch of kids and uh, FBI Adams dipshit shows up and he's like, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're doing a great job or something like that. And, and Chuck's like, you know, every, every one that I stop, hundreds succeed. And, uh, and I, you know, he's like, I need to end Rostov. I need to end this. And, uh, and he asks Adams for help and, and, Gives him an offer, but we don't know what it is yet—like an idea, a proposal. And Adams is like, you know, this is crazy. There, my my boss is never going to go for this. And then we cut from that to Atlanta, back to Atlanta, and there's a military compound in the downtown, um, and all the military leaders are coming. Yeah, and and,
1: and all the governors from every state, all yeah. going to be in one place,
2: all in one place. And I'm and I'm feeling like, oh, this is a setup for Rostov. Like this is this is Chuck's plan it never gets explained but i feel like that's the plan he had in mind and um, and you cut to chuck uh funny like laughing chuck in his in a hotel room watching <laughs> watching a sci-fi movie
1: yeah watching uh what earth versus uh, the fine saucers i think yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and and there was actually one fantastic cut that i can only imagine the editor was just tickled By but in the movie, these two trucks were like rounding the corner, and then the movie Chuck's watching. These two trucks were like rounding the corner, and then it cuts right to you know these police trucks, sort of, and they're like they're like shot at the same angle and everything. It was a it was an awesome cut. I was like, oh you you go you do you editor (laughs) you have fun with it.
2: Yeah, I love it because. That I know exactly what you're talking about. It's 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 really well really well executed. Yeah. And uh, and and Chuck's you know laughing, watching his movie, and he takes his gum out and he puts his gum. Wh- second, why? <laughs> he takes his gum out and he puts it on the painting behind him. Himself. Why? I don't. Why know, Why does dude. he do that? Why? Because it's Chuck Norris. Like who does that? God shit? damn it! What is he, who what does is he that? like a five year old child or something? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I, n- I never was that kid. I swallowed my gum. If I if I was I done did with it,
1: not do that. I sw- <laughs> <laughs> do not do that.
2: It doesn't stay in your stomach for a month. It, no, it gets eaten up right away. It doesn't do any harm to you. But I I remember as a kid, I put the fear of God in me if I swallowed my gum. You know, it's gonna stay. It's gonna rot in your stomach, and then I'm like, but I don't. No, it's not. Because it didn't. Because
1: <laughs> I mean, it didn't. Because I'm, so, I'm still alive. Yeah, so, how, do you, how do you like that?
2: FBI I'm, fucking I'm
1: 80% bubblegum. I'm
2: 80% bubblegum, 20% Chuck. And, uh, and so, so the FBI military show up, invade his space, and uh, Uncle Charlie. <laughs> get out of my space. Get out of my space, Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie from New Kids, bumbling idiot FBI guy says, you know, nobody's beyond the law. Or above the beyond the law, yeah.
1: <laughs> because above the law would be a Steven Seagal movie. Yes,
2: and beyond the law is a Charlie Sheen movie. Oh God, where he's a biker. It was when Charlie Sheen started hitting a nosedive, probably because of all the nose candy that he was doing. <laughs> uh, it was like post Hot Shots, and he was doing like straight direct to video shit. And you're like, Ooh, this is not yeah. good. I, it,
1: I remember the the dark times for Charlie yeah. Sheen. I think
2: he's still in them. but um, th- this Beyond the Law was like. Was was kind of looked like a sequel to Stone Cold, starring Brian Bosworth, uh, the football player Brian Bosworth, and and Lance Henriksen as the lead biker villain. Uh, That's a that's a that's a fun like cheesy early '90s action movie to check out. Anyways, Rostov cuts to Rostov watching the news. He's got what three TVs, three or four TVs, watching all the different (laughs) news stations, Um, and because you know. (laughs) technology and so uh he finally zeroes in on hunter um getting arrested and he gets intrigued because they basically announce exactly where he's at and being the fucking idiot that he is he sends he not only goes to take down hunter but he brings what essentially is like Every single one of the terrorists that, in the beginning, got off the boat are all coming with him to take well, down Hunter.
1: So wouldn't— Well <clears throat> we'll get if, to that in a minute. Yeah, and, and yeah, it's all a trap. But if it wasn't, I don't think Rostov was going there just to kill him. He was also going there to kill all the governors and, like, create all that, that chaos and everything. Yeah. But, I, 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 you know, obviously he's motivated by Max Hunter. Why am I defending Rostov? Like, seriously, Don't why am I defending Rostov? How dare it? you? God damn it.
2: Because, I, I, you know, we we cut back to Hunter, Max Hunter, Matt Hunter. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're at the military compound being brought in with his shirt open. His, his, yes. His button, his denim shirt open wide. Bro, and...
1: he's got – he's in shackles, <laughs> but his denim shirt is, like – blowing in the wind and his chest is just like it's it's there dude it's 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 as much a part of this movie is as david bowie's junk is in labyrinth yep yeah dude
2: (laughs) (laughs) so as he's being brought in helicopters are circling above dropping these red flyers from the sky and it says curfew in effect and, okay. Uh, yeah.
1: First of all, when when the girl picks up the one that's on the ground, the set person put that one there with a piece of gum or sticky thing because when she picks up and looks at it, you see the gum on the or the sticky <laughs> thing on the back and you know it was there by a set designer so that the that one would be on its mark, you know, so it wouldn't move and but it has a piece of uh, of of gum on the back of it. Um so the writer Coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> exactly it's it's sad I would like I would say part of me would say oh that was like part of the city but no no as a filmmaker I know that it was it's on the back of it so that piece of paper didn't blow away um and it would be in the shot so apparently uh the according to the writer on the documentary uh apparently the morons at canon Instead of dumping a fly, because they really dumped fires with the helicopters, this whole third act of the movie is very impressive. What Atlantic oh, yeah. lets them get away with, totally. But. So so you would think okay hey smart uh, you, uh, you print up a few of them that are that have the writing on it that about the curfew right and then the rest of them either make them blank or even he suggests like you know have it say like canon thanks you for for supporting our filmmaking whatever yeah. but no all the ones that they dumped said what was supposed to be on screen meaning there were people that thought an invasion was actually happening. And, like War of the Worlds. Uh, yes, it was a mini War of the Worlds scenario. And the, the writer said uh, when he got to Atlanta to kind of fix up the ending, uh, Chuck Norris was kind of like a little like, yeah, like a little blue. And he's like, what's going on? He's like, well, apparently a bunch of like three old ladies were like in the basement of their house for like two days because they got one <laughs> of the flyers. Shit. And they called the police and they were like, is it safe to come out? And Because an, is the invasion over? And the police were like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? and and i think chuck was a little upset that like you know that something they were negatively affected
2: understandably so which
1: you know which gives credence to what you were saying earlier how like yeah chuck's not a maybe chuck in the 80s wasn't wasn't a bad guy i don't think No,
2: i don't think no and and again we'll talk about more about chuck on our on our wrap-up episode um which is on patreon and if you're gonna want to listen to it you're gonna want to sign up seriously i mean I would never want to take money out of someone's pocket. Uh, But if, you know, it's, it's five bucks, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I have like zero income, but, um, (laughs) but uh, I, but I will say, I'm going to save some stuff for the Patreon uh, episode because Chuck is a good, like early Chuck. He's a really good dude, really good guy. And there's a lot of stories uh, that I'll share on the Patreon that prove that for sure. Um, yeah,
1: I've I've heard nothing but good things about Chuck Norris. Yeah, even, not yeah. lately, I don't know, like lately, but back in his heyday or whatever, it, it did. He doesn't seem to to cultivate the same um, ego egotism that maybe JCVD did. You know, back in the day, yeah. Chuck didn't seem like he was that way. Like but, Chuck, yeah.
2: Chuck has definitely turned a corner. You know, like I, I mentioned earlier, I talked to uh, Richard Norton on my other podcast, Two Dollar Late Fee. And off air, he had told many stories about Chuck Norris and said off the air. He, and I can say it cause I'm sure he'd be totally fine with it. Uh, he's like, yeah, we don't talk about politics and we don't talk about religion whenever we hang out. Cause those are two things we definitely don't see eye to eye on, but
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. So
2: that being said, um, back to Chuck being, you know, shackled in with his open shirt. Uh, McGuire gets by, she gets past all the military cause you know, freedom of the press and all that. And, um, she sees hunt. She sees Hunter, and they flirt for a moment. They have like this flirtatious moment, and I'm just like, "That's their last scene together," kind of implying that they'll have something down the road. They'll they'll link up. They'll 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 see each other in the distance.
1: You uh, know, what's funny. You said that's their last scene together, and I didn't even like notice that I didn't see her for the rest of the film. Well, because to... I truthfully you're like you're saying that as the words are coming out of your mouth i just watched that movie you know four hours ago now and i'm just like oh yeah you're right she did just evaporate into thin air yeah
2: well she served her purpose she got chuck to where he needed to go and rostov's about to meet up with him in a minute but uh uh you know the the, the camera the news crew turned to chuck and they and he looks directly in the camera and uh and he says to rostov he says now it's your turn one night you're gonna close your eyes and when they open, I'll be there. It'll be time to die.
1: <laughs> he says that like eight times in this movie. <laughs> time to die. And all I can ever think about is, what is it, Uh, Roy Batty in Blade Runner, when he's like in the rain and he's like, time to die. And then he just dies. <laughs> and I just keep thinking like, that's all Chuck says in this entire movie. He did Rostov, time to die, Yeah, time to die. He even says it where in the dream, You know, even though you know it's a flashback, but he says time to die there and he just kicks him.
2: Yeah. Because, I, I mean, he's he's just hammering it home. Like, he will, Chuck will decide when it's time to die.
1: Question, real quick. Can, yes. I, can I revisit that flashback? So Chuck says, you should have allowed me to kill Rostov when I had the chance. In that flashback, he, was, he could have killed Rostov.
2: Yeah, but he was probably working for the FBI at the time.
1: No, 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 no. He did it in the <laughs> flashback because it was the... Because it was the, the the good guy thing to do. Because he had him dead to rights, you know. The, so he couldn't have killed him. But no, it's garbage. That's, that, that, that that flashback was garbage. That was all. also
2: Rostov's uh, Rostov's opinion of what happened. We never saw Chuck's flashback. Okay, that's a good point. <laughs> Fine, Ding. I will
1: I will concede and yes. give you that one. Yes, yes,
2: one of paper equals four of coin. Um, <laughs> so I
1: just wore that shirt the other day. I know. I was trying to explain it to Myra. It was when we were recording the the Patreon episode a few days ago. Yep. I was explaining it to my wife what what the shirt was, and uh, uh, what was yours? What did yours say?
2: Mine says um, uh, "For your health."
1: There you go. And then, but all of them say the dangitangs. The
2: dangitangs, because fun, <laughs> fun fact: Corey and I and uh, two of our buddies, Jeff and Diallo, we we we. I think Uncle Fernie, too. Uncle uh, Fern, maybe we. Yeah. I I went out and we were all huge fans of the Doctor Brule Check It Out show on Adult Swim. The, that the was like, Riley.
1: That was kind of like what we bonded over.
2: Dude, yeah, totally. And 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 I went to a t shirt store in Sh- in San Francisco, like a kind of DIY t shirt store and just blew like probably a hundred dollars on shirts and had them all made up Uh, (laughs) back when you had expendable income. (laughs) Yeah, I have zero. And again, I have zero income. That's why (laughs) me saying sign up for Patreon for five bucks a month. Like I don't even consider it that big of a deal, but I think you should. I'm just saying if you can, if you can't, that's understandable too. Five bucks a month, not a big deal from a guy who has zero income. Um, yeah, but anyways, we have, we all have our shirts. I still have mine. You still have yours. I still wear mine. You still wear yours. Uh, I doubt the other guys do, uh, yeah. but whatever. Fuck them. So, no, I, I say that with all sincerity and love. I love you guys. You know I do, but, you know, if you're not going to wear something but, but I bought you. for you, fuck you. Uh, anyways, so back to uh, –
1: <laughs> I don't even know where we are.
2: No, I know exactly where we are. Back to Invasion USA. Uh, Hunter says his line, it'll be time to die. Rostov freaks out because he's watching on the news. And he wants to finish Hunter. And I wrote, hook, line, sinker. Like, the plan is in effect. This is all designed to get Rostov to come to Atlanta. And uh, we cut to this dipshit of a cop uh, giving another cop coffee in a garage. And uh, there's a guy working on a, uh armored well, car.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the armored car uh, place. But dude, <laughs> so 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 yeah. it's yeah, it's a little bit of a setup for yeah. for these like yeah, three dudes, whatever. But the the guy sitting at the table, yes, um, dude, when the doors explode, yes. yeah, the camera, so the camera, the, yeah, the cam- dude, go ahead, yeah, the camera is right behind the sec- the security guard that's like at the desk, but it's facing the doors, facing the and doors. He's of the a garage. real person, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, they're inside the garage. He's facing the front doors, yes the explosion yes. that blows the doors off almost kills the fucking security guard. And by almost kills, I mean the actor. I mean the stunt person that's sitting there. Yeah. like. Dude, that was insane. It's not a, it's not a dummy. If you watch the uh Yeah, he moves. He gets the fuck out of the way. Yeah,
2: in in this 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 piece of metal from the the uh the the gated door or whatever. Piece of
1: metal? Off. You mean the whole fucking door? <laughs> it almost fucking hits the guy, yeah, dude. It takes I mean him it's, out. That was wild. Yeah, it was man. awesome.
2: It's so it's a great explosion, great scene, great scene, <laughs> great action set piece. Uh <laughs> And at this point, you're like, "Okay, shit, Rostov is. This is a cool Doing moment. His thing, yeah. He's got his thing. He's got his armored trucks, yep, and they just move. go marching down to the military compound, past all of these giant X's. I'm like, what is this fucking Jax game? Like, what? Like, is this just like a? I get that these are barriers that are set up to kind of pe- keep things away, but as they're driving, marching down towards the military compound, and there's nobody to be seen." I'm like, Rostov, dude, because Rostov comes in on a helicopter and lands on top of the military compound with his crew, but all the terrorists are coming in. I'm like, yo, so you guys realize no one's around. Like, yeah. And so I- I'm laughing because I'm just like, dude, you guys are a bunch of fucking idiots, like really are, because the tanks roll in, and, and, and the terrorist team is all there, and the, the helicopter lands, and... Hunter, but Matt Hunter shows up on top
0: of the building, <laughs> dude, dude. So, so he's on, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, sorry, on.
2: I got to go back. I got to go back. So, yes, you so, got it. Yeah. So, go back. so Rostov Rostov lands on top of the uh, building. Yeah, uh, and he goes looking for Hunter with his crew. They, so, yeah,
1: he's coming in through the top, and then all the main jobbers are going in through the front door. Yes. And th- what's impressive about this scene, and it actually gets better, is how many extras or how many like guys are actually in it yeah. and then it actually gets even more it's it's impressive the amount of people that are wrangled in this in this final act
2: yeah i wrote i wrote a cavalcade of neer uh storm yeah. the empty building and uh and and they're there and they storm this empty building and i'm like aren't you guys suspicious right and rostov's going through the whole building looking for hunter eh, no he's not and then the guy the guy in the helicopter is still there and Hunter pops out of nowhere with a fucking bazooka.
1: <laughs> with a fucking bazooka. He makes eye contact with the helicopter pilot. Helicopter pilot doesn't get out of his helicopter. He's like, oh, oh, no. He starts like flipping switches. Like, like you're going to get out of there? No, dude, run. He gets blown to fuck. I mean, that's awesome.
2: It's awesome. Blows up the helicopter. And at that point, you cut back to Rostov, who instructs his team to like, you know, search everywhere. And then he goes,
1: then he's like, it's a trap! <laughs> it's a trap! And like, yeah, and all these guys Duh. downstairs are already like, like, because when they come running in, they're running and shooting, like they're coming in hot, and it takes them a little bit of time to like realize, oh wait, oh wait, no, there's no one here. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they kind of realize at the same time. He he kind of realizes
2: it. Yeah. So now, so at this point now, like, at, at when they realize this, the U.S. military comes out and just starts shooting the fuck at all the guys, bro. <laughs>
1: This is insane. All right, so I'm watching this, right? Two things, The two things that I noticed. First off... All right, three things. First off, a shit ton of extras. Yes. There's a, just a oh, shit yeah. ton of military Hundreds guys. Hundreds of people. There's, dude, there's like... There's a there's hundred of people on the bad guy side. There's a hundred people on the... Like, there's 200 extras there. There's... Like, no less than four fucking tanks. That is impressive as hell. A bunch of shit. And they're right smack dab in the city. Uh, Apparently, I mean, I think it. it, obviously it even goes till today. But I think Atlanta is just hella nice to to shoot in. And they're just like, uh, the writer was like, yeah, they just gave gave no fucks. They were were awesome. They're like, yeah, you want to just fly helicopters over our city and drop letters? Great. You want to (laughs) roll tanks in? Fantastic. We don't give a shit. Is that going to destroy our concrete? We don't care. Are you yeah, giving us money? Whatever. Sure. But so so that was one. How just the orchestration of all those people. It was very impressive for the budget that this movie was, and, and knowing that it's the '80s and everything like yeah. that was it was is very impressive to see that many people on screen, um, and knowing that like there's no CGI. That's all actors and extras oh, right yeah. there. Yeah. Two. There's a shot where um, a bunch of soldiers are kind of like. In, like, by a trench or whatever, and a tank drives up right next to one of those soldiers. I fucking almost jumped out of my seat. I thought that <laughs> that real actor or soldier was going to get run over he even looked like he was you could see him looking over to his left because he kind of had to stay in his position but he was like holy fuck holy fuck you know he kept looking to his left because his fucking tank was literally like a foot away from him driving yeah i was like that was impressive and then finally that guy the guy that i sent you the picture of the one (laughs) soldier dude that took it upon himself when there's a hundred soldiers around him took it upon himself to take that Heavy M sixty machine gun and do the 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 Rambo thing where you hold the clip the 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 rounds on the left of your you know with your left hand and you yeah. shoot on your right like I was like fuck that guy <laughs> fuck that guy and he gets killed which is great because I'm like fuck that guy yeah you asshole like if I was next to him if I was next to him but like you fucking asshole
2: he was trying to get his you know his his moment to shine in the movie I I don't I don't uh, besmirch him in any way. Oh at oh, all you all, know, because this this was a this was a fantastic scene this is like the culmination the culmination if you of uh of all the uh aggression that the, you know finally usa was gonna get their upper hand on these fucking terrorists well and, i mean like
1: like this shootout here like you know it, it's it's gonna cut back and forth a lot yeah, but i yeah. just want to say right now that i was also impressed that um a lot of the U.S. soldiers got killed too. Even though yeah. they had like the goons, they had the jobbers sort of like dead to rights with tanks. Yeah. That uh, that the jobbers actually were able to to get some kills in themselves. Fair, uh, fair, you, know, you know. Yeah, especially the heavy machine gunner guy. Got killed. <laughs> so you so asshole. We, we, we you got fucking, you fucking asshole. <laughs> we
2: come back to Hunter in the ho- in the uh, the building, the empty building looking for Rostov and along the way he's taken out all Rostov's men with his Uzis and his leather gloves and, and his and, and, and at that point that's when it dawned on me. I'm like, wait, his shirt's not sleeveless. And it's yeah. and it's open shirted, but it's still tucked in. Like it, this is this is man hunter Matt Hunter action version. Like yeah, but
1: I I dug it because no, me too. I loved there it. There was so so he had his his Uzi clips like symmetrical, like yeah. they were symmetrical in his belt, and then he had this like knife in his back area. Yeah, very it intentional. Was, yeah, it was a very put together outfit, yep. and a part of me was like, oh that's cheesy, but a part of me was like, hmm. That's kind of cool. Not gonna lie, guys, yeah, you nailed it on this one. Yeah,
2: no, he looks cool. He looks and cool. and he looks
1: much better than the cover. He yeah. it looks with his black gloves. The yeah. dude, I'm not gonna lie, the black gloves are kind of cool, he man. He looks badass. I, I dug that.
2: Yeah, do, do not do not let the lame poster um, discourage you from this film because he looks badass in this movie. Like he he legit looks like when what he does in this is 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 kick ass. And this final sequence of him just like kicking people and shooting people and like
1: all all the different
3: goons
2: and everything. And
1: I, in another thing, this is probably the best example of it, but it happens throughout the movie. I really enjoy the attention that they pay to, I really enjoy, they pay attention to where the bullets hit even like, so they always hit on the wall and stuff. And I really enjoy the fact that like, they'll cluster like a lot of them up. Like they'll do like a lot. It's not, just, like, three bullets in the wall, they'll do, like, 20, which I was impressed by. I was like, that's cool. Like, it made it look like the the gun is actually you know dangerous you see a lot of these movies and yeah the somebody has like an m16 and like the the main lead is you know the the protagonist is running and there's like maybe you know five holes on the wall gets hit behind him or yeah. whatever but here it's like 20 yeah and i was like that was really fucking cool i dug that i dug the damage you always got to see the damage that the guns did even if it wasn't on a person even if it was behind somebody whether you know whether it's chuck or whether it was somebody else you always saw the damage that the guns did and that i very much appreciate yeah there's
2: some i think there's there's a funny moment coming up but um oh, a few funny moments coming up but he 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 runs out of bullets and I, I dig that also that that this shows that he just didn't didn't keep shooting he drops his uzis on the ground and he yeah. picks up the m16 cannon grenade which i fucking love that pump action grenade <laughs> Yeah, but gotta I got
1: to pause. I got to stop you, buddy. So he reloads his gun. They go to the outside and do some like shots, like outside or whatever. Yeah. His they reloads his Zuzi. Then they jump back to cut back to him, and he's throwing his Zuzis away because they're they're empty. You didn't even see who he shot or whatever there. Yeah. I I noted that because I was like I was like oh I like him reloading. I enjoyed that. Yeah, he I wrote reloads, that too. Yep. And then they cut away, and then they come back, and he's out of bullets again. I was like, "Oh, I didn't like that though." I know.
2: I know. I mean, maybe they. Maybe, let's just say they cut that scene. Uh, yeah, I, I
1: think there was. <laughs> I think there was a scene cut. There.
2: Probably, probably. So, so he, but he gets his his, uh, his M16 grenade launcher. He's still looking for Rostov, and he walks. Which is up, cool. Looking so cool by the way. that
1: MT, M16 with, oh, and, and that's not a grenade launcher underneath. That's actually a shotgun. Oh, it's a shotgun. Okay. What's well, it's, it's a, and that's why it blows those the hole in the wall and gets those two guys there's no explosion which is cool i'm like it doesn't always you can put a shotgun attachment under it which is neat
2: that's right that's awesome yeah that's what he does he he there's these two dudes behind the doors and he on either side of the door and he just fucking shotguns both of them eviscerates them them. this hole is like bigger than a manhole cover Uh, (laughs) yeah it's it's gigantic and then, you know, the, the knife on his back, which is which was foreshadowed earlier, is intentional because he uses the knife on a dude. And mm-hmm. uh, Rostov's like stalking a hunter, like kind of like tracking his steps, I guess. <laughs> and I'm like, where are they going right now? But whatever. Who cares? Uh, there's more chaos outside. Rostov's reloading as uh, Hunter's screaming his name. Like,
0: Rostov! Rostov! Rostov!
2: <laughs> and then out of nowhere... Hunter jumps on top of Rostov and just kicks starts starts kicking the shit out of him. And they again they've parodied this in other movies later on where it's super comical because he's just beating the shit out of Rostov. Rostov yeah. looks badass in his leather jacket and you know his his cool military
1: gear. But he can't do but anything can't do with shit. yeah he he gets and you know I mean and again it's not parody here it's not no, done it's for not. Uh, comic sake and it is kind of enjoyable. I mean like Chuck. Definitely, just like like does like two hits to him, and then Rostov flies over. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and I gotta say, I'm like, okay, I like this. Yes, like Chuck Norris would be like would probably outclass this guy, but you know, at some point, you want to see Chuck fight somebody that can hold their own, just a little bit. Yeah, you know, at least at least at the end of um oh shit, uh, what was the movie called with Steven Seagal on the boat?
2: Oh, Under Siege,
1: Yeah. Yes, okay, I, I, I love that movie, but at least at yeah, the end, he fights Tommy Lee Jones with, like, that hand-to-hand combat. Like, there's something there, you know? Yeah,
2: and I, I think I think this was before it was cliche, and I think people started, like, getting tired of that shit. Right. Uh, and I think, again, that's maybe the, why I didn't like Billy Drago in the Delta Force Part Two because I'm like, oh, this guy's, like, a generic villain. I've seen him in a bunch of other, other things, like— this shouldn't be the, you know, Tommy Lee Jones in under siege was a big deal because Tommy Lee Jones was a decorated is a uh, decorated actor. Like the guy yeah. has done great shit. Gary Busey being the villain in that too. At the time, Gary Busey was not a joke. Gary Busey was taken seriously. The guy, people forget about Gary Busey. He's an Academy award nominated actor. He might've actually won the Academy award for the buddy Holly story. The guy, and then he had a tragic, a motorcycle accident, which is what caused him to be so wacky. He was not that way prior to any of this shit. So like all the people that make fun of Gary Busey, it's like, wait, no, Gary Busey actually was a legit quality dude. Tommy yeah. Lee Jones, that movie undersea specifically and Eric Leniac's beautiful bosoms in that film. <laughs> uh, that's another story too. Uh, but you know, that movie set, Uh, That movie tried to maintain the integrity of the the martial art karate kicker and segue into the new era of like, okay, the the Hans Gruber villain from Die Hard. Let's class up the
1: villains, make them more legit. Make them a bit more uh, effectual, actually, to to do something. I yeah. mean, like like Rostov, he he did shit in this movie. I mean, they they were on the verge of of you know accomplishing their plan, essentially.
2: Yeah, they could have. And then Rostov is a cool villain, but he's a little bitch too.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Although I mean, it was fun seeing him get his ass kicked. Yes, I, I did enjoy that. And I guess, and that's probably the takeaway. It's like yeah. you know, you want to see the the you know the protagonist get the one up. But, you know, at the end of the movie, you realize, okay, no one really even gave Chuck Norris any kind of, you know, problem. And that's, and that's the problem. Like you need to have a a good protagonist has to have a good antagonist. Yeah. Like someone that can hold their own against the, the protagonist. And in fact, someone who should be more powerful than the protagonist, right? Like they, they should be more powerful. So like, he should be a better fighter, and so that way Chuck has to kind of get the leg up. But, yeah, you're right. This is still like that that old-school style of action movie where where the action hero has to be flawless and perfect. Yes. And, you know, like you said, like like Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, that's the new era where the action hero is broken yep. and completely human. Yeah,
2: and I guess I realized Gary Busey's also in Lethal Weapon as Mr. Right. Joshua, and so there you go. You know, like— uh, but yeah, this was, this was like one of the last instances of, well, we're just going to balls to the wall. USA always wins because that's yeah. what happens. He, uh, he, he leaves, Ro- he like splits on Rostov and it's just toying with him at this point. And Rostov finds a bazooka and the, the war outside is going on. And then finally, you know, Rostov is stalking. Uh, Matt Hunter now, and outside a ceasefire is called. So you know that the battle with the, the terrorists lose outside, right? The military's won that, and then the war is over, right? USA, everyone's cheering outside, and then back inside, uh, Rostov's still stalking down this hallway. I love this scene. He's,
1: oh he's, this this scene is so fantastic. Great, he's
2: stalking. He's stalking Hunter, right? He's looking for Hunter, and then all of a sudden you hear this pumping of a grenade launcher, this shh kunk and, and <laughs> then if
1: I love Rostov, oh, he man. goes he goes Grr. like Rostov does this like guttural growl. Because because Hunter whispers, it's time. It's time. I took a I took a picture of that by the
2: way. Oh dude, awesome. <laughs> and yeah Rostov turns around while he's growling for one big hurrah to kind of shoot his launcher before before Chuck does. Chuck just pulls the trigger and blows Rostov. To smithereens.
1: Straight to hell. And I <laughs> rewound that like three times because A, it was satisfying as fuck. And then I was so impressed with the explosion outside. There was there was blood in that explosion. Yes. There were two feet flying out of there. <laughs> and there was a dummy head that had yeah, no dude. hair on it whatsoever. But there was a lot of blood that flew out and yeah. I was like, Yes. Yes. I love it. Very satisfying. And it just ends like that. It ends well, on Chuck. Well, Mortis. hold on.
2: So hold. On. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. No, because yeah, it, it the the big explosion, giant hole in the in the Atlanta um, wall is is gone, and they go back to Chuck, and he's holding the grenade launcher. He just throws it down on the ground, and the credits fucking roll.
1: <laughs> it's like Dude. that's it.
2: That's all that's you it. need. That's all you need. That's
1: all you need. There's there's no denouement. No. You blew up the bad guy. It's it's. There's nothing else there. There's nothing
2: else to do. Oh, no, dude, that's it. That, that, the war's over. He yeah. won. Uh, yes. you know, America, USA. Yeah, USA, fuck yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but part of me is like, well, fucking A, man. That's like, you don't need a fucking end scene no. with people no, talking. No, it's perfectly. Yeah, it's, just whatever. It's,
1: it's the only... That that ending it ends so perfectly is the only reason I'm not like completely eviscerating this film, you know, uh, going into it. Dude, I tell you
2: what, it ended, and I was like, that was so satisfying to me. Yes, it was so yes. satisfying uh, that uh, an hour and four uh, hour and fifty minute film uh, that didn't feel that way for you know, like there were a, f- a few moments where I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, totally agree with the points you made. I see your side. I see what you liked and you didn't like. And at the same time too, I was like, I took me back. This was, this was the first movie in a while that took me back to being nine year old or, or a kid again. And then didn't destroy my childhood. I was like, this is exactly how I felt when I saw it back then talking about the movies we mentioned tonight. uh, Under siege, die hard, lethal weapon. Um, you know, the rock. Now I want to like revisit those action movies for myself. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, those are really good. Oh yeah. Those are really good. Oh ooh, yeah. Those are really entertaining. This was like drunk or stoned. Have a good time watching this film. <laughs> Let it all go. It is, it is, it is politically incorrect uh, to, to one of the highest degrees for me. It still holds up overall just in the, in the sense that it's, it's a, It's a mindless action set piece.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're right about that. It is a mindless action set piece for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta say, man, (laughs) I love to hate this movie. I, I sure, I, I don't hate it. It's that's not true. It's I think it's a fun film. um, Without you know, without any nostalgic blinders on whatsoever, I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's. It does a lot of things right, but it does a lot of things wrong, too. Or or it doesn't pay as much of attention to, to some other things. It, it's yeah. weird yeah. what it pays attention to. Yeah. It's weird what it chooses to show. But at the end of the day... It's absolutely a movie you can put on and watch with your friends. Totally. If you've never seen it before, you can totally watch it. It's completely watchable. It's not like unwatchable or anything. It's a totally watchable movie. It's a fun movie. Um, I can't I can't honestly like recommend like buying it if you've never seen it before. But it's it's definitely Chuck Norris at at a bit of his Chuckiest, which I enjoyed a little, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I I wanted a bit more. Not realism I don't know I just wanted The movie It's missing some bit, Pretty big pieces From the puzzle Right And It showed us Some stuff That I'm like Why did you choose To show me that When you could have Just left that out And made the movie Like a, a real Tight lean Hour and a half Right Like you know Or an hour and 40 minutes Right Yeah Like why Why show that kid Put the bubble gum On the car oh, I right? love what that was, scene <laughs> i do too but at an hour and 50 minutes yeah. in a movie that's lacking like some major like character development yeah. like why choose to show that I, now i, I think yeah. well i'm
2: sorry i don't mean I, I i mean to interrupt you because I, I have to say that i specifically chose this movie because a um it, it is super loose on plot b uh it it doesn't have as much development as other Chuck Norris movies might have, and C it's like just it's just an exploitation fest, yeah. you know. Whereas like people sometimes say, oh, Delta Force is a really cool movie because well Chuck's barely in that movie, and second it's actually it's a pretty good drama. It's more of a drama than an action movie. Lone Wolf McQuade has like quality acting in it. Uh, so I would, and, and this, and it's more PG versus a more R-rated exploitation. This right. to me was like, I was going down cause I really wanted to do a Chuck movie and we talked about it. I'm like, I'm going to choose this one because it is probably one of his most exploitative. <laughs> like why the and, fuck did they do that? You know, kind of and thing.
1: I, I mean, let me say, I am absolutely happy that I saw it. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm glad that I watched it. I'm glad that I know what Invasion USA is now. I <laughs> I don't want anyone to think that I dislike this movie. Yeah. I think I probably liked it better than you liked Hardware revisiting it. Um but it just without the nostalgia stuff to it, there's there's a lot of problems that this movie oh, has a sure. lot of problems. <laughs> That's it really does. It has a lot of problems and with no nostalgic blinders whatsoever, it's, you see those problems a lot more apparently, but to end it on a positive note, I really think it's a fun film. I, I think that it's worth seeing. Like I said, I don't know if it's worth owning if you've never seen it before, but it's definitely worth seeing. And if you think you have nostalgic memory for this film, I think it probably holds up better than Cyborg. um, Oh yeah. Yeah. You'd say that. So, yeah. Um, I I think if you do have nostalgic love for this film, you probably are in a better uh, like a safer bet to buy it than you are for like Cyborg or something. But for someone who has no nostalgia to it whatsoever, you got to you got to accept a lot of things going into it. Like you got to just let a lot of things go. And dude, I mean, you know, I grew up in the 80s. I've seen a bunch of movies. I the same I mean, I've seen Commando a gazillion times and I can imagine that if if you watch Commando you know, now having without ever having seen it before, you'd be like, "Oh, that's ridiculous!" And I'll be like, "Yeah, I, it is. I get it. I totally yeah. get it."
2: Yeah, the, I you know the big three, the big three at the time, uh, or maybe four. You know, Stallone, his his cliche, his probably biggest cliche action movie he ever did was Cobra. Right. Uh, uh, it's Schwarzenegger's probably biggest cliche action movie he did was probably Commando. Right. Uh those three guys Chuck Arnold and Sly were they were the the big 3 right,
1: right? they were the and, Mount and Rushmore of uh, action
2: yeah. icons at the time
1: Yeah and and I always kind of skewed more towards uh Schwarzenegger I was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger it also I was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. It also helped because he kind of also uh, uh, spun towards sci-fi and stuff, which I always thought was kind of cool. And I was never like a big Chuck Norris fan. I didn't watch a lot of Sylvester Stallone movies uh, either. Um, But, and like, I would watch a lot of Red Dawn. So like, I feel like, like for me, you know, if I went into the store, I would look at this and I'd be like, oh, I would just rather rent Red Dawn right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was that. just, that's just my, that was my spin. That was just my spin, but it's a fun movie guys. It, it really was fun. Don't get me wrong. Huge potholes aside. It was fun. And and the animated gifs that are on google uh are awesome like i said on the patreon episode i've already started collecting the i already started collecting them to to promote this with but my favorite one is just the the re, re, the looping shot of him shooting the dick uh shooting billy Drago's dick off just that looping gif Um, I love that. So I'm going to have a lot of fun promoting this episode for sure once it hits. (laughs) Well, I I was going to
2: say, you know, when uh, I originally had chosen a different movie for this month, another canon film, which will be revealed next month in January. uh, And then after you had done Cyborg and I realized the other movie I'd chosen was also a canon movie. uh, It was kind of just coincidence that I decided to choose because Corey and I both we decided, oh, we should choose a, a Christmas movie going in. And or I like
1: what what we deem to be like a Christmas. Movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I just wanted to I, I always like so does Corey, too. But I, I always like going outside the box where it's a movie like one, maybe you've never heard of or two. It would be so like left field where you go.
0: Oh, yeah okay, yeah, I could
2: see that because this being considered a Christmas movie for, like, three scenes, I don't give a shit. Like, I I, I call it a Christmas movie, man.
1: I'm... I, I call Lethal Weapon a Christmas movie, it dude. Is. I, it is. Yeah, it is. Die is a Christmas yeah. movie, too. Yeah. And you know what? To, to that extent, for me, uh, Empire Strikes Back is a Christmas movie because it has snow on Hoth. <laughs> and <laughs> The Thing is a Christmas movie because The Thing takes place in the snow. So kind of like for me, either you just have to have Christmas lights in yeah. the movie or snow. And it will be uh, <laughs> one or the other.
2: I almost oh. I almost decided to choose First Blood for for. Because, uh, But then I decided that that was less silly, and more serious, more dramatic. Yeah. But First Blood apparently takes place on Christ- around Christmas because there's Christmas huh. decorations. The town is called Hope. Uh, I have to do a little backstory research on it, but I, I heard the rumor that uh, it follows the story of Mary and Joseph coming into the town of Bethlehem and the rebirth of Christ in the sense that they get rejected by... The, the, oh, because
1: he well, so he gets rejected, and then yeah, and it's his rebirth through a bloodbath or, yep. or whatever. You yeah, know what's funny? Dude, isn't can that I, cool? Can I tell you something? please I've never seen First Blood. Get, what, dude? I've I've seen Rambo two. I've seen Rambo oh, three. Dude. which is the ones? Which is the Rambo that he was friends with Al Qaeda? Al Qaeda, and you know we we <laughs> Rambo, loved, three. Yeah, Rambo three. Yeah, yeah. I've seen so. Yeah, I honestly would like to revisit Rambo just to see where it goes because I love Rambo. I love meaning the the, the one that came out, uh, not the new one, but the one that came out like what, like six years ago. Yeah. The John Rambo movie. That movie fucking blew my mind. I loved that movie, dude. Then, but I have I've never seen the original.
2: Oh, that's well. I I won't I won't shit on you unless you pay me. Uh, but I will I will say that that is a movie you have to see. Now yeah. you must see that film. Uh, first of all, it's just, it's not, it's not a cliche movie you watch and you're like, this is a badass. Yeah. I mean, movie.
1: I know what the plot is and I've seen a bunch of stuff about it it's and every so time I'm so always, good. and I'm always like, I'm always perplexed by how it went from that to like Rambo three. I mean, I was I was more of like a watch Rambo cartoons watch Rambo three than than first blood. Well, it was never supposed more my thing.
2: It was never supposed to be a franchise,
1: right? Yeah, it was supposed. Yeah, I know, and and that's why the first one, from what I understand, is so different than the rest. But um, anyways, anyways, back to uh, (laughs) back to Invasion USA. Uh, My final thoughts are: I did not hate my time that I spent with it at all. (laughs) Um, I will, I will watch it again in my life for sure. It'll, it'll go on in the background. It'll, I'll watch it with somebody, but you know, I won't visit it that frequently, you know, but I enjoyed my time with it for sure.
2: (laughs) I can't wait to show it to my son when he's like 11 (laughs) or 12 or 13, probably 13. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe a little bit later. But it's it's so mindless, and it's so silly and fun, and uh, and I it is. I know now why I was not supposed to. I, I mean, I knew back then, but I why my mom did not want me to see this movie. I didn't turn out to be, uh, you know, a psychopath, but uh, but I could see why she would think I might be if I watched a movie like this. Because <laughs> you're like, man, it just <laughs> glorifies you know, violence uh, to the nth degree. And that's, again, that's why I chose it for, you know, our our podcast. So uh, people who- This
1: was, I mean, this was perfect. I never, honestly, I never would have seen it had it not been for this podcast, and I will say that I will never <laughs> f- watch First Blood unless we do it for this podcast. Well, we might have to then because I that would be cool. I mean, you know, 2020 is coming up. What you know, I'm sure by the time we get to 2021, there'll be all kinds of movies we we need to dive into. You know, you know? it's funny. It's,
2: it's this this is a little bit of uh, insight into my into my childhood. Uh, th- that you know, my parents divorced when I was when I was really little. And then I moved away from my dad in the in 84 when I was eight years old from Michigan out to California. So I only saw my dad twice a year, summers and winters. And then I started only seeing him like once a year. But my dad, being a former Navy SEAL and a firefighter, had no problem showing me movies like this. He was all about watching Invasion USA missing in action I, and i think i think now this was my way of connecting with my dad like i wanted to see these movies because my dad was totally into them. Yeah. And so I was like, oh yeah, I need mean, to have something to share. My dad would see uh, the, the Doctor Who v- uh, VHS at the video store and wouldn't let me rent it because it said not rated on the back. And I tried to explain to my dad that not rated meant it was made for TV and they didn't have ratings for TV back then. And and then he, he asked the video store guy and the guy's like, oh, I don't know what that means. And my dad's like, no, you can't rent this, but you can rent <laughs> Invasion USA. And I'm like, of course. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, and uh, it's it's R, but it's okay, you know. Like, and meanwhile, my mom's like, you can watch, you know, Ripley killing aliens in space, and and uh, because you know she's a female, and it's empowerment, and they're aliens, and and they're not real guns. But she can't watch Chuck Norris. Maybe that's because she didn't <laughs> want me to, you know, it's because it was too close to my dad. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. rabbit, well, hole, rabbit it, hole, rabbit it,
1: hole. I mean, I feel like we both <laughs> were introduced to uh these kind of movies through our dads my i mean my dad it was more like robocop aliens you know lethal weapon it's weird Uh, it's all these mainstream movies because we would go to the theater to see them. but i feel like podcasting after dark we're doing a lot of the stuff that i kind of watched on vhs you know yeah and and because like if we were going to do one I mean, in, in, I'm sure we will at some point, right? Like, we're going to do uh, uh, the Warriors for you. We'll probably have to do Aliens for me at some point. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it's, it's like that was the kind of stuff that my dad took me to see because we'd go see movies in the theater. So it would always be like bigger budgety kind of stuff and everything. And, and I don't think he was as big of a fan of, of Chuck Norris. So like, like I said, yeah, we'd go see like Terminator two, or we'd, we'd go see, you know, predator or Robocop. And, you know, I've seen that in the theater, which is inappropriate. At the age of eight <laughs> or nine or well, whatever I saw. Well, I, Fucking a em- meal melt. <laughs> well, I was going to
2: say, I was going to say uh, the reason I chose this movie, uh, th- this, this being the first non-VHS movie uh, that I saw uh, because I wasn't supposed to see it. Like, you know, sneaking into the movie theater, yeah. which I'd never done. And I don't think I've honestly done since then uh until i was like later on in life and i felt and i just went back in to see the same movie again but this is the first and only time i've ever snuck into a movie that i wasn't supposed to see
1: i've never done that i was a super square kid growing up dude i didn't i didn't drink until i was 21 i didn't start smoking weed till i moved to la when i was like 31 i didn't do like <laughs> like molly or anything until i was like 40 my it's heart, like...
2: times have changed for you <laughs> i man. know and meanwhile, uh, okay. I'm like, you know, Mr. Straight Shooter now.
1: And, uh, you know, I'm having <laughs> one you beer. Were... I know. And, and and it's funny because our, our my nickname in our group is Sleazy C. Yep. And that's mainly because I worked at a porn store for like 10 years. Yep. But uh, <laughs> I feel like you were you were sleazy, sleazy Z back in the day. Oh, but now, now you're daddy Z.
2: Dude, like, <laughs> were we going to go down that road? I was, you know, when Demi Moore posted post uh, pregnant for Vanity Fair. You remember that magazine? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Loved it. I remember being at the um Longs, my mom's Longs that she worked at and finding the centerfold like in Vanity Fair and like yeah. keeping the magazine closed and like ripping it out <laughs> as I kept it closed <laughs> and looking around and like folding it up so I could take yep. it home.
1: Yep, I've done. I did the same thing, dude. I got some nice, like, picked. Like, you know, you pick the 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 whatever, like the staple or something yeah, yeah, out, yeah, yeah, or yeah, whatever dude. you do. Yeah, dude. I was a little pervy boy, man. I was, I was. Uh, now I'm honorably horny. I, back then, I was not honorably horny. I was just horny. The thing, right? The
2: things we do for love, like the song says.
1: So. Exactly. Oh man, dude, this was a fantastic episode. Oh, fun, I fun. had. I had so much fun talking to you about the movie. I had so much fun watching the movie. Uh, Negative comments aside, I had a ton of fun. It was basically because I watched the movie today, and I talked talked to you about it today. So basically my whole entire day was Invasion USA, (laughs) and that was it. And I, I had a great time. I had a great time. And as someone who... As someone who doesn't really watch a lot of Chuck Norris movies, it was nice to kind of see Chuck in his prime. Yeah, very this much is Chuck
2: in that. his ultimate prime. And, again, I'll save some stories for the Patreon uh, wrap-up show because yeah. they're going to be good. So, And I will plug it one more time. The interviews we've done on there, uh, the one we did with Tony Timpone, the latest one, so damn good. Um, we have a Diane Franklin one coming up. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to be talking to another uh, – it was it was kind of slated to be the Christmas episode, but it's okay that it's in January. Uh, we've got some really cool people lined up, so stay yeah, and- tuned.
1: And we all we already have um, Tom Matthews, uh, who you guys know as Freddy from Return of the Living Dead, and we have Stephen Jeffries, yep. who was Evil Ed in Fright Nights. We have you basically if you join Patreon now, you get um, interviews after dark. You get we have three up right now with Diane Franklin uh, coming in a few weeks, and from Terravision. And you also get our our monthly other show called Wrap Up After Dark, which is just me and Zach having fun talking talking to each other uh, with no structure to it. But we do dive into like stuff about the movies and things like that. So if you uh, if you want to check that out, that's actually at a lower tier. You can get that at like $2 and you also get ad free versions of every episode as well. Um, But the $5 entry fee will get you the the $5 a month. will get you interviews after dark. It'll get you wrap up after dark and it'll get you ad free versions of all the regular episodes. So I think, I don't think that's a terrible, I think that's a good value. I don't think that's a bad value. I think that's actually pretty good.
2: I mean, think Um, about how many times you spent $5 on something. And afterwards, you're like, "Oh, that was a waste of money." You won't yeah. feel that way after this. So, I, I know I've said this. I've given this guy shout outs before, but uh, our good buddy Tony, he's always, you know, been super supportive of our show, and you know, he he's commented on like, "Wow, that was so cool that you guys posted that," or "Oh, I never thought about this thing." And and when we started doing the the interviews. He was super excited about that. And he's like, Oh, I can't wait to sign up. And, you know, I'm just trying to make sure financially it all works out. Look, we totally respect that. Like, look, I get even having a dollar thinking about where that dollar should go. I totally get that. But the fact that he signed up and he's doing it, like, mad props to him.
1: Um, hey! Mad props it, to all of our of all of our patrons that we everybody have. Seriously. please yeah like, all like, of you like, guys yeah the the fact that you would even part with one dollar to give to us is is impressive to me I think that's awesome yeah. and and we I really appreciate it so but we just we 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 want to give you quality content with the entry fee you know we want to give quality content and i think we are if if yeah i think so i if we weren't doing this show this show would be a show that i would want to listen to so i hope that we keep continuing doing that with like the interviews and everything and we mentioned it on wrap up after dark but um the you know what we want to do is We want to go on the road. We want to, you know, actually go to conventions and stuff. So any any of the Patreon money and stuff will go towards that, and like you know, getting some gear that we can take on the road with us and whatnot. But um, we appreciate everything you guys have done so far, and we also really really appreciate all the five star reviews you've left on Apple Podcasts. I know that like I know it seems like a small thing, but leaving those reviews is actually a really big thing for us because it is the way. Apple does their algorithm to kind of have us show up on more, you know, more searches and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Basically, it's it's how Apple uses it's what Apple uses to kind of like like have more people find us. You know, it's it's all like algorithm shit, but the point is is that the reviews are a part of that and the more reviews and if you tell your friends it just more people will find us basically and we we appreciate that as well we appreciate all the fans you guys are awesome seriously you guys are you're very active on instagram you're talking you know it's it's really yeah, fun it's this, this, great. this whole thing has been a lot of fun so make sure you also check us out on reddit we're, we're active on on our subgroup on reddit and uh zach where can we find you on instagram and other podcasts Ooh,
2: you can find me on instagram at zach schaefer z a k S H A F F E R. Twitter, Zach Schaefer V O. Uh, and then my other podcast that I'm a part of is called $2 Late Fee. Uh, T W O D O L L A R. Late Fee. Um, yeah, check us out, $2LateFee.com or the Instagram page. We post a lot of fun pictures on Instagram to, to promote future episodes. We It's a retro cast uh, and we do interviews with celebrities from the 80s. Actors, musicians, and whatnot—a um, lot of fun. Very nice um, uh, companion piece to podcasting after dark, if you will.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it is. You guys talk about lighter stuff usually, and uh, we talk about uh, the darker stuff. That's why it's <laughs> podcasting after it's dark. Right, I, I, I love it. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Cory Nation. And then podcast-wise, well, shit, I'm all over the place. You can find me weekly on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, where we talk to, where I talk to our buddy Adam uh, every week about Seinfeld. You can also find me on the Ongoing Comic Book Discussion podcast as well, weekly talking about comic books with my buddy Tess. And uh, let's give a real quick shout-out to the uh, Blast From Our Past uh, network. You got the the, you know, the... The flagship podcast, Blast From Our Past, with uh, Adam and his brother, John. And you got our buddies, Brent and Eric, at the Friday Five podcast. Give those guys a listen. Give all oh, yeah. of the podcasts on our network a listen. You can find them all on Apple Podcasts. You can find them all on Spotify. All the regular podcatchers like Podbean, et cetera. But uh, we got quite a little retro network going on here that we hope you guys enjoy.
2: All good shit and uh, all fun stuff. I love it That's all. That's right. I me too.
1: All. Me too. I, I seriously, I, I love what we're doing, man. And this is fucking awesome. So, Invasion USA. I uh, good times. <laughs> Top to bottom covered in denim. Good times. <laughs> I,
2: I will leave it. I will leave it with this.
1: It's time. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah.
0: Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit. Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark.